we advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war up there. And we are, as a people, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths. I know for a fact. And to secret proceedings. Weapons of mass destruction. I have a dream. I take the threat very seriously. A new world order. Your government thanks you for your participation. You are now listening to the world-famous Sofa King Podcast. Please, read from sheets. I am... I am Sofa King. Now repeat all very fast, please. I am Sofa King. Faster. I am Sofa King. No, not so fast. Lose its meaning. I am Sofa King. You say funny things. You were uh, just so aggressive with that Mario Square. I know. Thanks for it. It's a pretty cool toy. It is. I like, I like that. I like the reactive. Like four of them, though. It's super reactive. Like, it doesn't glitch out when you go fast. It actually sounds like the video game. You have to, you have to separate them out on the floor, like hopscotch. And jump on them? No, and then you uppercut a baby and just have them, like, skid across oh. them like a rock. Bling, bling, bling. Stone on a pond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's... that's- that's a really advanced technique. I don't know that anyone can pull it off. You. It is. I've been training for years. I bet a baby yeah. would skip though. Like if you swung him by the feet, like like Hell you're throwing yeah. the hammer. Hell yeah. Like an Olympic you ever seen one hit style? like a towel floor? Like mm-hmm. when they're running, you know, <laughs> it's fucking yeah. skid. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Now, it's just physics. That velocity, a baby would skip yeah. across the body yeah, of water. A yes. Raptor would catch the baby and they'd skid yeah. right over the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got a little Mario square for my son for Christmas. It's like it looks like the coin for Mario. And then it lights up. You're going to like it, Dave. You're, you'll learn to dislike it. If Does I it stay it. lit? Yeah, you can turn oh, it on. It's just a lamp. Oh, I like that. It just makes the noise, so you're tempted to do it a couple times. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It's nice, though. It could be my lamp. Huh, I like Remember, that. we're going to have, like, Dave has his lamp. Like, that's my lamp. Yeah, I like that. I don't have a lamp. I did get an update on my couch furniture. And? They're looking good, actually. I, I kind of think... Uh, PJ Laser, because he asked about it right before we recorded the last mind frame, and I hadn't heard anything. And then while we were recording, I started getting texts from the guy who's restoring the one up in Oregon. Got the new side art on. And, uh, he basically, like he a couple of months ago, he talked me into getting a, a LCD monitor to replace the old Nintendo monitors because they're just done. Like their line is done. They only made so many. They were meant to survive like ten years. And now we're 40 years on and no one, there's no replacement parts. It's like, if you get one, you're looking at a year or two before it's dead. And I was like, okay, fuck it. It won't be hundred percent original. But then another video game buddy of his just figured out a way to start refurbishing the old Nintendo monitors. So now they're apparently buying dead Nintendo monitors and refurbishing them. And I'll get a refurbished full Nintendo hmm. monitor. In it. It's a long process. Yeah, I wonder, it's just a CRT television, you would I think, like a, something just, special. Said they were just dead, like there's nothing you could do to fix them. They're old. I figured it out. Yeah, so well, they're, they're, they're under vacuum, so maybe when they go dead, like they lose the vacuum, so some guy's actually like, like re-evacuating maybe. it and sealing it somehow. Yeah, yeah. But, huh. so it should be a brand new, refurbished original monitor. That'd be cool. It'll be a couple more weeks, I guess. That sounded like a Facebook Marketplace sales post. Brand new, refurbished, used. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So. So uh, we have a hot sack winner. This you do. We do. Um, and it is from our uh, Instagram, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> Dave Dave hates it already. Very aggressive. (laughs) Very interesting uh, posts all the time. Really cool art. I want to actually get him to do a piece of art for the studio. He does like really cool neon uh, black light art. Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't sent us something, but maybe like he fetches quite quite a bit of money for his stuff or something. I don't know. It's really cool shit. Like it's really cool. And I've I mean I've known him for a long time. I haven't like physically spoken to him in years, but. yeah, we should get like one little black light that we mount that just shines yeah, on it. Right on that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it's like a track light. That'd be cool. And he makes ogre weapons. <laughs> he does make those. Some yeah, scary shit, dude. It's uh, Eleanor, under, Eleanor underscore, underscore Roosevelt Jr. I, I, I. He Those wants followers with that name. It's not hard to find at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jr. Yeah. the third. <laughs> He did a post of some kind of weird coloring book with a sofa king in it that he spilled a bunch of green teco all over. So he's the winner of this week's uh, hot sack. So we are looking at other social mediums. So if you post something cool uh, with El Yucateco, King of Flavor, um, you might get a uh, hot sack swag in the mail. Yeah. And we also, um, as always, want to thank our patrons, our, our, uh, those are our, our two, the two ways that we keep the, the lights on are El Yucateco, our primary sponsor, and our lovely patrons who give us money every month to listen to us swear and tell dick jokes. And be, um, be ourselves, Dave. Be ourselves. Hey, okay. I was going to say racist. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, well, if that, it's all inclusive. Yeah, yeah, it's all it inclusive. Is, it is. It's all inclusive. Um, I always like to shout them out. Um, And as always, just to to let you know, if you want to support us, it's a great way to do it. Go to patreon.com black slash Sofa King podcast. You can uh, find us. And uh, there's different tiers that give you all kinds of dope shit. Just for a dollar, you get our bonus episodes that we do every week. But there's all kinds of um, early episodes, uh, live video stream where people get all uh, rumpus up in this bitch and all kinds of T-shirts and swag and sweet shit. So think about think about giving. You'll also get the love of your father, and uh, you won't be a peasant. Yeah. But that's one of the fantastic things is uh, Sheldon Noel. Yeah, and N O L L middle name Grassy, I think. <laughs> Sheldon oh, yeah. Grassy Noel, mm-hmm. old, old Grassy yeah. Noel. Yeah, yeah. He's never been to Dallas. He just doesn't shave down there. I, mm. I think that's a sex move where it just come comes out of nowhere. You don't know where it happened. Like there was another member that's been hiding in the room waiting for the money shot. And right when you finish, they finish too, back into the left. And then you're like, what happened? It must have been the grassy knoll. Someone, the curtains just kind of <laughs> rustle. <laughs> that's the story of Sheldon's life. He's yeah. always in the curtains behind mm-hmm. him. He hides behind yeah. the curtains. And right when you're about yeah. to come, he jumps out. He kind of does a Rain Man thing. He's just back to the mm-hmm. left. Back to the left. Back yeah. back and then whoever the 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 actual guy that was supposed to come, he has to pull out a whiteboard with a dry erase marker and show you how the magic money shot happened. That's mm-hmm. Raymond Martinez. Yeah, he gives you an illustration. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He comes out of the closet yeah. with a whiteboard to finish yeah. off. As you can see, her head went back and to the left. Yeah. His head. Yeah. Raymond's Raymond's plays for the other team. Right. Oh. So um, Raymond Martinez, it's like a that's like a, a basic bitch name for Mexicans. Yeah, like he has like, a meat like market same, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He owns, it seems like yeah, it'd be he's Ramon just, Martinez to like fully embrace 
For sure. Yeah. For sure. What do I know? What about Ricky Chapman? You remember him um, from the boy band? I like the name the Chapman. Man. I just thought of chap lips immediately. Yeah, that's what I think too. Like, or like he wears chaps or something, like the chap man. The cha- oh, yeah. I'm the chap man. The chap man. Well, kind of bobbity 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 bobbity. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a different type of boy band. They do, they do, instead of doing scat, they do chap. Yeah. Well, they do yeah. scat. Well, they do scat, but that's only on video. <laughs> it's unavoidable. Yeah. That just happens when you do that. Yeah. That's in the hotel rooms. That's yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. That's why the when they're touring. The yeah. And then we have Alex Clayton. Mr. Clayton. Yep. He owes me $5. Does he? <laughs> yes. What for? Because we went to grade school together and I uh, gave him, I always give him my milks. He was, That's a lot he of was, milks. I was yeah. poor, but he was really poor. Because it was 15 cents at the time, yeah. He said when he grew up, and I quote, I'll give you $5. <laughs> and I quote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he owes me $5. Well, unless he hasn't grown up yet. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's true. He's immature. He could fuck. have been Benjamin Button. Yeah. Exactly. He was just getting younger. Damn right, it. Right. I've been duped. Or maybe he grew up, but, but yeah. we have to grow up too, and we definitely have to. By the time not. he dies, you're going to owe him $87. Fuck. Yeah. I didn't think about that. The meter's ticking backwards. So thank you, patrons. Uh, you you keep the steam shoveling. You keep the cookies <laughs> crumbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to make the ones the, that aren't normal. You keep the like, brownies cooking. You do. Yeah. You keep the grass growing. Yeah. Like yeah. All, all the, the doorknobs turning. Keep yeah. the chocolate hot. We appreciate it. You do. They do keep the chocolate hot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the elbows. The, the elbows moisturized. Yeah. 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 So. Get the ashy elbow. I got the dog yeah. elbow on one side. I don't know what happened. The dog elbow. Yeah. My knees, man. <laughs> I fucking. We went over to. I don't know. Uh, I think we went over to. It, uh, <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think we went over to my wife's parents. I think it was just Christmas Day, and man, we, I was driving. And I looked at my knees and I was just like, <laughs> fucking alligator knees. knees. Yeah, my legs are ashy as <laughs> shit. Alligator knees or elephant yeah. knees? Yeah. Either or. I mean, it didn't matter. Like, it was terrible. I was embarrassed to myself. They were bad. That's because you're of a certain tier. A lot of yeah. people wouldn't notice the ashiness. Or yeah, they were, they were like really a dry bad. leg bed down there. You got patterns. Yeah, even my shit. shins were ashy. It was terrible. I put lotion on immediately. I'm always ashy. I am too. I'm very dry skin. Very dry skin. Did dry skinned. Dry skinned. Yeah, I'm dry skinned. I'm just light skinned. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and as always, uh, we are a member of the Pod Belly Podcast Network. So go there to find out amazing things about how to podcast. If you yourself have started a, a COVID pandemic podcast, then uh, there's great ways to to get tips and tricks and tech and all sorts of stuff on what you should do. And there's also a directory you could submit your show in to try to get more ears focused in your direction. Um, so check out podbelly.com for all of your podcast. Needs. Yeah. Then, if it's your first time listening, Dave's in quarantine again, so we don't always sound like this. And I am like legit in like yeah. most of the time that I've been in quarantine, like when I was in quarantine for those couple of months, I was just like not wanting to go out and being paranoid. The truth but, comes out but finally. Now, um, the, You've been exposed. Yeah, I've been. And a couple of weeks ago, I had a cold, which I didn't know if it was a cold, but I didn't want to expose anybody. But now, like, I've legit been exposed. I've been exposed to someone who was exposed to someone who has COVID. So if that middle person didn't catch it in the time they were together, then I wasn't exposed. But if they did catch it, then I was exposed. 
That was distant. Yeah. Sitting, sitting. I, I, he I, was set, that, he, that now he's sitting at his window exposed. We have a we have a new brag right that you guys need to put on our business cards. We, we're all going to have this. Um, I looked up yesterday uh, the video store, that movie that we were in, mm-hmm. in the next room over. And the star of that movie was actually the guy Frank in the rabbit suit in Donnie Darko. And I did not realize that. Oh, shit. really? Oh, yeah. Shit. So we were in a movie with a guy who was in a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. That's so pretty close. Totally, I like the rabbit better, though. So we can get you know we mean? can get to Kevin Bacon then. We're yeah, close for sure. Yeah, like we'll be definitely there. I don't know enough about movies, but from Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> I'm sure there's one step removed between Jake Gyllenhaal and Kevin Bacon. There has I'm to be. I'm sure. Like we're probably up. four <laughs> steps right now from Kevin Bacon because of that movie. We might be closer. We just need the link. Unless Gyllenhaal and Bacon were in a movie together. Well, well, we'll the bonus right you have is that Maggie Gyllenhaal is Jake Gyllenhaal's sister. So you have like a movie star relative. So you immediately can jump like that way if you need to. Like secretary. So then you can go to Robert California. But if they've Ro- been, have they been in a movie together, the Gyllenhaals? Because I think it has to be a lineage yeah, through. Donnie, Donnie Darko. Oh, they were both. Hold on a Donnie second. Yeah, Hold, on a second. Hold on a second. Jake Gyllenhaal was in The Day After Tomorrow with Emmy Rossum. Who was in Mystic River with Kevin Bacon? Damn, that's okay. close. Four, four steps. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. to go. Yeah. I feel really good about that. Yeah. Yesterday, I'm I was fantastic. zero steps from Kevin Bacon. Exactly. Because like, you, know, you, you couldn't even play the game. <clears throat> yeah. Now we're in the game. Fuck yeah. We're that's in fantastic. Seven Degrees Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw that because you have like on IMDb. Or six Degrees, I guess. Like we have little ranks or whatever on IMDb or whatever. So uh, like I'm one million. 746,000 on IMDb. Oh, that's not I don't bad. know how many people are on there, though. There's got to be at least 2 million. Like, and you're probably ten, a hell like of a lot higher than we are because that's your second listing, right? Yeah. It's not on there yet, though. We don't have that listing. Mm. It's not out. I was supposed to come out for Christmas, but it didn't happen yet. So, yeah. So, we were in a movie with a guy who was in a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, who was in a movie with any Emmy Rossum, who was in a movie with Kevin Bacon. Right. Yeah. Definitely. We're in it. I don't know. Game, game over. Yeah. I yeah, don't either, we're but done. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. I'm not coming to work tomorrow. That shit's on Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. done. This shit's it. on GQ. Yeah. This shit's on yeah. Yahoo. It's legit. Done, I hope yeah. you enjoyed the podcast. Yeah. Because <laughs> now, now, now we are world famous. Yeah, yeah that's it's, right. It's over. That's exactly right. It's over. Uh, so speaking of world famous, our topic today is none other than Hulk Hogan. Brother. Brother. Did you do it at the same time as me? Did I? So close that I couldn't even tell I did it. <laughs> I like did, we yeah. did that. <laughs> He's like, he said so close that I couldn't even tell I did it. Like, <laughs> not that you did that it. That was so in sync. <laughs> that was no, so I, backstreet. That was so backstreet boy that I couldn't I even tell we did it at the same time. I heard a single brother in my <laughs> yeah. that was good. I mean, it takes two of us to make yeah. one of him. True, <laughs> true, yeah. 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 No, that's <laughs> that was impressive. So, um, of course, his real name is Terry Bolia, and mm, I don't um, like that name at all. No, I don't like it either. He does like one of our patrons. We'll get into it, but he did have to go by Terry Bolia for a brief minute to get away from the uh, Marvel Studios litigation against the Hulk. Bolia sounds like something you get after you've been to Africa. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're flying back. Yeah, don't drink the water. You're gonna get a case of yeah. Terry Bolia. Yeah, Terry Balea. That's um, terrible. And it's like he's such an interesting guy, man. Like the the it's almost bumped out of the out of the podcast queue, but in the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, like second from the bottom, 
is a rerun of his episode with uh, Hulk Hogan. It's like two hours long, but he tells some really interesting stories. If you're into wrestling, it's one to listen to. And he's such an interesting guy because he comes off as like macho jock, hothead, meathead. Like whenever you see him in an interview, which he is, but he's also a complete business genius. Yeah. Like much of the success of, I mean, the the success of the early days of WWF are like 50% Vince McMahon and legit 50% Hulk Hogan, not just because of shit he was doing in the ring, but the ideas he had on how the business should work. How did he was the first person to ever do merchandising? He was the first one to ever sell a t-shirt at, at, in wrestling. That kind of blew my mind that they hadn't thought about like yeah. focusing on a character and selling merch for that character. Like he was selling his own shirts. Yeah. Like he was making those and doing yeah, those on his own shirts. Yeah. And then he I said mean, he took, he took off for a while and they sold a fucking ton of shit. Yeah. While he was gone. <laughs> <Hulk> maniacs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like at a, at a different territory, he was selling his shirts and then he went to a different territory, but they were still airing old matches, you know, on TV in whatever territory he used to be in. So they just kept selling his shirts at the live matches without his permission or they didn't give him any money. It's go fuck yourself. It was back in the day, but that's going to happen at some point when you're uh, that big, you know what I mean? Like you go to the, the, you know, anybody's concert, there's somebody fucking scalping some t-shirts out front. that are like, yeah. Case in point, Patty Garcia, she made those little fucking things for her phone that have her logos on it. Where's her money, Patty? Yeah. She got pop socket. Patty pop socket. Patty is what we call her pop socket. Patty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I beak didn't get wet. (laughs) <laughs> I thought you said your beef didn't get wet. Oh, oh gee, woo. no, she asked. <laughs> she actually asked, but yeah, but it's basically the same thing. But I'm basically yeah, saying that yeah. she didn't ask, and right. yeah, we need to call yeah. the lawyers. My beef didn't get wet. <laughs> um, no, but uh, he was he was the first person to start bringing legal representation to contract negotiations with the people who ran the hmm. territories, which no one ever did, you know. And largely, it was because go fuck yourself. Like you show up, I'm de- I'm debating how much I'm going to pay you per week. You walk in with a lawyer, go fuck yourself. I'm not paying you anything. You're fired. Yeah. But yeah. once he had enough heat, then he could be like, nope, this is my lawyer. He's going to look at the contract and he could start start doing some of that. So a lot of the way the business runs right now, a lot of the ways, a lot of the ways that the that the wrestlers are taken care of legally are only there because first he got taken care of that way. He was kind of like the predecessor to the like the, the Rock. Like he was the first one to get a movie, yep. like and and have oh, merchandising sure. and be that type of character. It's just sure. like the Rock just did it bigger and right. later, and then Hollywood was bigger around it. I think you know more developed. And I think the Rock is a more stable person for Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, other other wrestlers have tried to do. I might be wrong, but I doubt the Rock ever considered like breaking a guy's legs for Vince. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well, Maybe. I feel like too the the rocks like I mean he's a legit actor, yeah, and is. some of the wrestlers are entertainers, but they'll never be an actor. I right. mean, it's the same thing. You know, you're trying to get Ronda Rousey in a movie. You know what I mean? It, it, she's a she's great fighter. Yeah, she's just not. Yeah, it's just yeah. not gonna not gonna work out. You know, for the long. She run. was in something though. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was like in a the soldier of some sort. Uh, what what's that movie? The Expendables. I think but, I saw uh, it. Was, it was actually okay. Like she, like she did an okay job. Okay, but it's not she like was in, she was in nothing entourage. great. She was rough. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. yeah. She's just not you know. But a lot I mean, of these. Either, I mean, and the fact of the matter is, you can tell um, when she's cutting a promo for the show. Like she comes out, and when she really has to go into any kind of depth, just talking shit about another wrestler, 
It's just not there. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, but with Hogan, it was there. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah. You had some rivals. You had Booker T, Hogan, Macho Man, you know. Oh, all kinds of. Well, fucking yeah. Guys. Yeah. And he could just sell a promo. Like you put him in front of the camera and he would just fucking light it up, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think he was really the first, one of the first guys to really do that, to really just be a face and a charisma that was undeniable. And it's like, mix it with his ability in the ring and his physique. And he can fucking woo the camera. Like that's exactly what you're always looking for, for a superstar and getting all three of those things to line up is just really difficult. you know. And you have to be pretty cutthroat backstage. Like you have yeah. to really play shitty, dirty wrestling politics in order to climb to that top and stay there, you know? For sure. Um, and a lot of people aren't willing to, or don't know how, or get scared off or, or I was just actually to today, I was watching a, an interview with, with Rob Van Dam. And he was talking about the fact that he only ever got so high in the W no pun intended in the WWF. <laughs> oh, he was real high because he wasn't going to play those games. Like yeah. people were coming up to him and they were like on the interview, they were saying like, yeah, you know, John Cena's leaving in October. Like that'd be a perfect spot for you. And he's like, why? Like you make that decision. Like that, you fucking write the storyline. What are you telling me this for? What am I supposed to, you know, well, you, if you play your, your cards, right. He's like, I'm going to go wrestle bitch. Like, fuck off. You know, yeah. you got to play that, that backstage game. And Hogan. Yeah, I, think, well, I think that we talked about the, that movie wrestling with my family or whatever it was uh, before. Uh, that's a pretty good representation mm-hmm. of like, I mean, mm-hmm. although it was foreign and somebody foreign coming over to the United States, right. but like the, the grind that, that a person has to do. Um, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, I want to be a singer. I'm going to go on American Idol. I'm going to go on America's got talent. I'm going to go on fucking start a band. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna do that. Like there's a grind to it. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, you don't I didn't realize that like Dave said, like the game of it and what oh, yeah. it takes stacks. Like when you see like, Oh, he was 12 time WrestleMania champion. Like a lot of people are like, what the fuck? It's a fake title. Like there's fake wrestling out there, but someone has to get picked for a reason. And they get yes, picked exactly. for a reason because he's fucking yeah. sold it. Yeah. He put yeah. forth the effort. He like, you know, he, he, he went through and everything lined up, right? Yeah. Like that had to happen a certain way. And it wasn't just chance. I mean, there's some chance involved, I'm sure. But oh, for sure, yeah. He, he had they made it. Shit. They made it happen. Yeah. And it was back in the day when that was those were his storylines. Like now, if you're a wrestler, you get handed a storyline. This is what you're doing. But back then, like every time he, you know, someone turned heel on him, or you did this two month buildup of a storyline to lead to this, you know, WrestleMania. Those were his decisions and his ideas. Um, and again, and, just, and the next guy wants to fucking win that shit too. Exactly. So like a lot of times they don't want to lay down. They don't want to lose their fucking match. They won't agree to do whatever the fuck they're being told to do. He was saying that they'd have to settle that shit themselves back in the day on that the, stone called Steve Austin episode. Yeah. And he was also one of the first ones to realize that. And re, I guess I'm sure a lot of people realize this, but he was the first one to really capitalize on the fact that it doesn't matter whether you win the match or not. It matters if you get over at the end of the match. Right. Like if you, I mean, little fucking things, like if you lose the match, but it's because on three, the other guy put his foot on the rope and cheated. Right. That's a different loss. Like that's different for your character, you know? And at the end, even if you lose, which happened all the time to him, he would lose a match. And when he lost the entire crowd, was fucking screaming for him 
Yeah, know? he said like he would walk, start to walk out, then turn back around with this crazy fucking face, and then like run back in and fuck the dude up. He didn't yeah. win the match, but he beat right. him up after the match. Right. So he yeah. would still, you know, so whether he won the championship or not, he was just he was a might. And I rewatched right. a bunch of his matches, and holy shit, could he sell to that crowd? Yeah. Like I mean, well, part of part of that, like, um, part of that adds to the allure too of. Uh, that gets the crowd pumped even more when you lose. Yes. It's actually better for you. Right. You know, like you're able, because they want you to win some, but now they're really mad at that other person because right. they cheated, right. you know, and, and it's just part of it, you know, yeah. like the other crazy thing is the, the acting that's involved, like how much you have to fucking sell it. Like Stone Cold made a good point. He's like, if you watch some of that shit, like with the sound off and you didn't know any better, it's like comical. Like when you see oh, fucking yeah. Hulk Hogan's face, <laughs> yeah. like loking up and fucking shaking and going yeah. all crazy wild eyed and shit. Then if like, if you don't quite do it, it's just stupid. Right. <laughs> but if you have to go all the way over the top though, you got to fucking sell it. You got like to go too far. Yeah. yeah it's like you trying to, to far. trying to sing. Like you have yeah. to sing all the way yeah. to do some right. songs. Right. You know I mean, you can't fucking right. half sing a certain song. Yeah. Like you in acting, you never go full retard. Yes. But in wrestling, you got to go over the top. You got to go full retard. Yeah. So his childhood, he was born in uh, Augusta, Georgia, even though his persona was born in, in uh, Venice, California. Um, just typical, like his dad was a construction foreman. His mom was a dance instructor. Um, he was very athletic. He was, he was very, I mean, he's fucking huge. He's six foot seven. Like Dude, I said, when he, when he was 12, he was like 195 and six foot, I think. Yeah. He was That's so, fucking I mean, crazy. At, at his peak, he was he was like legit six foot seven, three hundred pounds in the ring. Yeah, and pretty much all muscle. The, yeah. yeah, when you see those pictures of him in like the late seventies, early eighties, Jesus fucking Christ, he's a monster, dude. Yeah, he's a monster. I, he avoided the steroid thing a lot in that Stone Cold thing. He, he would did, say we, he did steroids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he did all, steroids. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it, yeah, but no, it was it was a thing. He had to go to trial about it a little bit. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think I think Stone I mean Stone Cold's not trying to fucking put the screws to you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, he didn't really ask him about it. They probably sat down and had a beer beforehand, and he was probably like, "Brother, don't talk about steroids." <laughs> yeah. It was weird listening. To those you guys can ask talk. me, but we're just gonna we could we could we could brush on it. I was yeah. telling yeah. Dave, I was like, "Man, I listened to those two dudes talk. It was like straight out of oil Dell, Man, those guys are just like fucking." <laughs> Like Stone Cold sounds like he has dentures or something. Like the way yeah. he talks, he has like a little shush, 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 shush thing going on. Yeah, and they're just like, "You may know what I'm talking about." And then like he did a Randy Savage impression. Like boom, like he sounds just fucking oh, like dude. him. I was like, "God damn, he sounds just like him." Yeah, except every so often Stone Cold will like throw out his vocabulizations. Like he'll throw out a word, <laughs> and you're like, "God damn, good on you, Stone Cold." Fuck. But they're like, nying, nying. it's all back in their throat a little bit. There's a lot of yeah. mustard and biscuit going on with it. Yeah. Well, they're from fucking Georgia and Texas. I mean, yeah. Um, so uh, at 16, he started watching wrestling um, and he thought Dusty Rhodes was great. And keep in mind, like a lot of these early stories that we're going to tell about Hogan and a lot of it, we cover a lot of this in the Vince McMahon episode. So if you're a wrestling fan, we did cover Vince already. But keep in mind that like when he's coming up, Every, there's different territories. So it's like there's a territory in Minneapolis and a territory in Georgia and a territory in Florida. And like you wrestle for a single territory period and that's it. That's who you're under contract with. And if shit goes south there, you tell them to fuck off or they tell you to fuck off and they break your leg. And then four months later when you're healed, you go to a different territory and work exclusively for them. So it's like a fucking biker gang, like chapters. For sure. For sure. So the McMahons at this point, Vince's dad, Vince senior controlled basically the, the 
northern east coast like from new york all the way up to canada was their territory but um so he's watching dusty roads and i'm guessing if he's from he's in florida at this point they moved to tampa so i'm guessing dusty roads was in the territory that just covered that area and they would literally they would do some local shows in that area and they would send videotapes to to tv stations to play some hour of weird wrestling on like saturday at eight in the morning or some shit and like that was all you got like that was wrestling there was no wwf there was no pay-per-views there was no overarching national television show on syndication it was just local people grinding in order to to try to make a living and then the local promoter trying to get local tv stations to air their shit in the middle of the night or sometime to try to get more asses in seats when they come to town yeah he literally said like some cash in your pocket and a six pack of beer and you were happy to get to the next match right right which is fucking rough. Yeah. that's like stand-up comedy shit it's the grind like, you know you barely that's, paid for yeah. gas to get yeah. to the gig Same you know i feel bad for him looking at pictures and stuff like like his whole life he's wore a fucking headband you know what i mean there's been times where he's taking it off and whatnot but it's like brett michaels they you said know? he had the skullet it's like yeah a- it's like <laughs> fuck dude like oh, yeah, he does, i don't know dude. It's like he's so stuck in that persona outside of wrestling right. that he still keeps the fucking blonde drapes and the mustache yeah, yeah. and, and fucking, uh, you know, and, and has to wear a fucking Hulkamaniac headband. <laughs> like, well, what would he look like if he just bicked it and didn't have a mustache and shit all I don't baby know. face? He's got to have he a would mustache. Look like, he could uh, bick it. Look like he's, he's not wrestling anymore, you right. know, like, or, you know, whatever. But um, I don't know. I just I feel so that bad. Is, that's a glorious fucking mustache. No, it is. I mean, it, it's the the fucking what are those called? The fucking handlebars. Hand, handlebars. Yeah. yeah, you got the he's got the butt chin, the cock rider, yeah. whatever they're called. Yeah, the like, cock rider. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's like like I said though, it's like Brett Michaels. You know, like you always see that guy. And he's always got a fucking headband on. You know, it's like like right, do you ever relax? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever like do you ever relax? It, like it's because he's yeah. bald. It's like, fucking under there is why. Do you, yeah. do you ever do you just like run to the store? Or do you like fuck? I got to put my headband on. You know, like, <laughs> and my mascara. Store, <laughs> yeah, hit by a paparazzi who's gonna be like, is that fucking. Yeah, fuck, Hogan, dude. Look at that. Can never yeah. relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. It just makes me sad, you know? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's like it gives me like a fucking stress feeling. What they're well, under, yeah. Yeah, like the stress, like yeah. of just having yeah, like having to maintain at least, some bullshit. At least dudes you know? get away with that shit though. Like women, it's yeah. fucking wrecked. Unless you're a, vi- a vampire like well, Cher. That's what they get. There's a picture of Cher where <laughs> she's vampire. like 28 and then 73, but pretty sure it's Photoshop because you're Probably. like, no fucking way yeah, she looks like I that mean, at 73. Jennifer Aniston, you know what I mean? Like she's she's getting up there and she still looks good. Yeah, she what's does. A, she's in her 50s. It's a chick from not clerks, the fucking Ben Affleck movie. What's her name? That messed up oh, Renee. Ah, uh, fucking Renee no, Zellweger. Yeah. She, God, she, yeah, but she up. gets skinny and fat. And no, no, and she fat. did like a bunch of plastic yeah, surgery. She, she doesn't look like herself yeah, she anymore. Went, oh, she went bad. Yeah. yeah. Let me try to find it. It's she like, looks like she looks like she's fucking, a, she looks like a claymation figure, dude. Yeah. I feel bad. The pressure that's on women. Cause like when men age, you get a fucking belly and go bald and shit and yeah, all wrinkled up cares. and it's just distinguished and people don't care as long as you're, <laughs> you're fucking distinguished. Funny. I'm getting gray in yeah. my beard. Yeah. But yeah, then yeah, when you're exactly. a woman, it's like, yeah. dude, if you had a fucking receding hairline as a woman and fucking all your chin hairs start popping out, it's mm-hmm. not okay. So yeah, they're like pressure to fuck with themselves. It. Yeah, I guess. So he starts watching wrestling. He likes Dusty Rhodes. Um, and then he uh, starts to watch Superstar Billy Graham, which is worth a Google because that motherfucker was a monster, dude. Superstar Billy Graham looks like, I mean, 
And when he saw superstar Billy Graham, he was like, that's he, he wanted to match his inhuman physique because superstar yeah. Billy Graham was such a fucking he was a human freak. Like, there's no getting around it. And uh, he ran his own territory, but he was also a wrestler. And um, so he starts to uh, to uh, want to wrestle when he's in high school, um, but he doesn't. And he ends up going to college. I think he studied. Didn't they say he studied accounting? Uh, yeah, he was going to be an accountant. Yeah, yeah he was going to be a CPA. Yeah. And uh, his main thing was music. He wanted to he wanted to become a CPA, but he really wanted to play music. He was in a rock band called the Rogues Ruckus. The Ruckus called Ruckus. Yeah, and he played fretless bass, well, which Wu-Tang, is like next level. But he wanted a rock level. band. Why is Ruckus a Wu Tang thing? Oh, bring the motherfucking Ruckus. Oh. But fretless bass is like next level. Like he's got to be, he's another tier for playing fretless, fretless bass. bass. Yeah. Cause like, why even do that? I don't know. I guess it's a different sound if you like slide and shit, but there's yeah. no frets. It's just like your best guess. It's like playing violin or cello. Like Maybe I never it's understand. Just really good. Like I Maybe. play guitar and when I look at that, I'm like, fuck, how do they know where they're at? They're flat or sharp. They just land on that note. You're just not as good. I'm not as good. I cannot play a yeah. fretless instrument. So That's he starts crazy. He starts working out at a place called Hector's Gym in Tampa Bay. And a lot of the local wrestlers work out at that gym. And then they also go to the bars at night um, in his territory where he's performing. And um, two of them are Jack and Jerry Briscoe, um, who are a tag team partners in Florida. And if you're a, a wrestling fan, you probably know the name Jerry Briscoe, because until the early 2000s, he was like one of the head writers for the WWF. And for a stint during like Stone Cold and the Rock's whole time when it was the evil Mr. McMahon, um, Pat Patterson, who was another old school wrestler, along with Jerry Briscoe, like played his like assistants and they acted like dumbasses and would try to suck up to Mr. McMahon. And they played like these really funny characters, but they were like, if you were a wrestler at the time, you were going to Jerry Briscoe and Pat Patterson to find out what's my storyline. Am I going to be in WrestleMania? Like they were the fucking top guys, but just the nature of the business is such that, yeah, well, I used to be a hot shit wrestler in a small territory. Now I'm here. And I call all the fucking shots, but I'm still going to play this dumbass character on the camera. Um, so it's all very, <laughs> such a fucking interesting yeah. business. But um, so those are the first people that he starts to train with. Um, well, did you talk about um, uh, Hiro Matsuda? No, not yet. That's actually next. So okay. he ends up, the Briscoe brothers talk to a guy named Hiro Ma- Matsuda. Um, and that's not his real name. I don't have his real name in the notes. Um, that's the name he wrestles under, but he's a Japanese wrestler who moved to the Tampa. He was part of the Tampa territory and he ran a wrestling school down there. And um, he very seldom took on people unless he thought they were going to be good. And um, the Briscoe brothers say, you know, I, we think this guy is, is, will be worth it. We think you can turn him into something yeah. if you want to train with him. The Brisket brothers like good the Brisket. Brisket brothers like yeah. Him. And, so I found uh, I found his real name. It's, it's fucking funny. Like, why did he make up a fake name? You know, Brad's good at Japanese. There's uh, his real name. Uh, Yasuhiro uh, Kojima. Yeah, which he changed to Hiro Matsuma. That's Hiro, Hiro Matsuma, Matsuma is easier. Yeah, it's got a yeah. better ring to it. Yeah. yeah, that one's a little harder to say. I actually watched Hiro. Like you're a fucking hero, but that's yeah. also a Japanese name. Like you're you're fucking set. Hiro. I watched this match. Actually, I watched. Um, Hulk Hogan wrestled that guy. Oh, wrestle Matsuda. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, 
that must have been an early fucking match. Well, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah it was in a Japanese ring of some sort. Yeah. All, all the all the writing on everything was Japanese. Because uh, he did spend quite a lot of time in Japan, Hulk Hogan did. I think every wrestler does. Like, yeah. even today. Yeah. Like, it's such a huge culture in Japan. You you kind of have to spend some time over there. Well, and if you can get big in Japan, it's kind of like music. People, yeah. people travel abroad. Uh, if right. you can get big in Europe or Japan, um, then, then you have a chance in the yeah. States, you know. And if you're really hardcore, you try to get big in Mexico in wrestling. Oh, fuck yeah. But that's, With no mask. Exactly. Yeah, but that's fucking hard to do. Um, so the they agree, but apparently Hogan was like going around town. It's a fairly small town. And he's telling everyone, yeah, you know, Matsuda's going to train me. I'm going to be the best fucking wrestler in town. And he started fucking talking all this shit about how good he was going to be. So he goes in for the first day of training with Hiro Matsuda. And Hiro Matsuda intentionally puts him in a leg hold. And oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh. So he 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 trained he exercised him, worked him out so hard until he was about to faint, and then and then put him in a fucking leg hold and snapped his leg, broke it, broke the bone on purpose. On purpose, said, "Get a haircut. You're never going to be a wrestler." That was a rite of passage. He probably did that to, t- to 10 other guys and Hulk Hogan came Hulk back. Hulk Hogan came back. Yeah. 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 With his haircut <laughs> and with a better attitude. Yeah. And and they, and he was like, and he was like, you know, the day I walked back in four months later when my, my leg was healed and I cut my hair and I walked back in and he said, Matt Suda didn't even bat an eye. He just started working me out and showing me shit. There you go. He didn't say anything. Didn't fucking apologize. Didn't expect Hogan to say anything. Well, it wasn't. There's no. I'm sorry when he did no, it on purpose. No, no. There's no. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's you know? that's like you know. People always say like you know. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Sorry about that. Well, did you do it on purpose? Don't tell me I'm sorry right. if you didn't do it on purpose. Right. If you did, you know what I mean. Like you don't have to. It was an right. accident. You know. But neither one of them had to say anything. Yeah. Because it's like you're. Putting, they knew. They I'm knew. putting my leg back, literally back in your hands. Like, here I am. Yeah. I'm not going to say shit. I'm back. I cut my hair. What else do you fucking want? And it's yeah. like, you can fucking snap my leg again because I can't do shit. I don't know anything, you know? But, um, yeah. So, um, he ends up meeting um, the Graham brothers, Mike Graham and the promoter, Eddie Graham, who run a different uh, uh, territory. And um, it's funny because the Grahams heard that this young upstart Hogan was walking around town saying he's going to be the most hot shit guy in the territory. And that made him want to hire him. And Matt yeah. Suda heard the same exact thing. And that made him want to break his fucking leg. Yeah. So it's like, that's <laughs> the cultural the, difference. Well, it's also the nature of the business. Like you've got to walk that fucking line. Like you got to fucking be the, the, you got to be the braggart. You got to fucking tell them to their face. I'm going to whoop your ass. I'm way better than you. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to back some of it up, you know? Well, you did. I mean, if you, somebody broke your leg and then you fucking went back and said, all right, I'm here. Let's keep going. Right. right. You know what I but, mean? Like that's, that's fucking huge. And at the same time, if he, if Hogan, you know, if it was five years from then, Hogan walked into Matt Suda's can, ring day one, he wouldn't have got his leg broken. Instead of calling him Hogan, can we call him super destroyer? We can call him super destroyer. Yeah. One of his, one of his other names, I like yeah. that one better. That that was, that was like the Dread Pirate Roberts, <laughs> yeah, of of wrestling because yeah. they would just every time a newcomer came in, 
they threw him the same dirty clothes and called him Super Destroyer and put the mask on, and he, you just had to go out and be the Super Destroyer. Fuck, it's yeah. funny you said Dread Pirate Roberts. I, that's exactly what I thought of when I was reading about that, that many people that came after him and someone that came before him, and I was like, it's fucking Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just like a rite of passage thing, yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, it's you've been there. Yeah, I was Super Destroyer, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that was in... The Rock uh, was Super Destroyer, you know? And that was in... Um, I think that was in that territory. Yeah, that was in the territory in Florida. The the Graham brothers ran the Florida territory. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that that was where he was a super destroyer. Was down in the in the Florida territory, and um, all the territories have like different personalities and different levels of violence. Um, and I think Florida was one of the worst of them. Um, hmm. But he ends up. Not he has like a not really a falling out, but he doesn't like the style of how the Grams are using him or how Matsuda does things. And he ends up quitting and he goes and works on the docks for a while. And um, eventually he meets a guy named Whitey Bridges. Great name. Like Whitey Bulger is what I thought about. Whitey Bridges. He got white pants on. I'm sure he did. Um, And he he ran. um, He owned a private club on Cocoa Beach in Florida called the Anchor Club. And um, he ended up having Hogan manage it, uh, which, again, speaks to Hogan's business sense. You know, I mean, and they they started a gym together, too, right? Yeah, they started a gym together called Whitey and Terry's Olympic Gym. Worst name ever. Yeah, worst name ever. What was the name? What's what? Whitey and Terry's Olympic Gym. Oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. I didn't get creative at all. Yeah. Um, Just merge your names for one name and do Olympic Gym. Yeah. Or just Whitey's or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or just no. Olympic Gym. Yeah. Olympic Gym. That, that, <laughs> it's way better. Yeah. How about that? You know, the they, Cocoa They both want their name gym. on How about that? Yeah. That sounds uh, perfect. They went back and forth with like, how about Terry and Whitey's? How about Whitey and Terry's? And they just compromised. And how like, about well, White Terry? Yeah. <laughs> how about Terry's White? <laughs> so, he said there was no, on that Stone Cold, that's the place he said there was no women allowed, right? There was no yes. girls allowed in that gym. Um, so it's just total fucking testosterone, steroid, beefcake gym, you know, on the beach in Miami. And uh, the again, a lot of the wrestlers from the area go there to to work out. That's where he meets um, Ed Leslie, a.k.a. Uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He comes down there and he's good at he you know, he he knows how to work out and he's pretty buff. And Hogan's like, hey, let's work out together and I'll show you everything I know about wrestling and we can be tag team partners. He's like, fuck it. So he starts to wrestle with him. What's the barber about in that name? Like, what was that persona? Was there actually a barber involved? Brutus the barber beef. Yeah, he'd beat you down. He'd cut your hair off. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Um, He was. Yeah. I like. Yeah. Brutus was. I know that name. I just never saw him. Right. I was a fan. I was a fan of him. And then uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was never really, I was never really, I mean, Hulk Hogan, I I came a little later in Hulk Hogan's career, like towards, you know, when he was kind of, you know, he was getting older, but I never, a lot of people I knew that we watched wrestling together, like, liked Hulk Hogan. I never, I thought he was kind of corny. Always. Always thought he was kind of corny. I think, but you liked, you liked Brutus the Barber beefcake that cut your hair. Yeah, but Brutus, like, he's more funny though. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? It's something like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like, he was funny. Like, you watch him and you're just like, you know. I think part of the problem was like, he's only corny because he got so big 
that every other wrestler who tried to do the shit he was doing just seemed corny. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. Like, yeah, it just I never liked his glasses he wore and shit. Like yeah. I don't know. I never liked the red and the yellow, the ketchup and mustard. I'm a child of the eighties, so like yeah. I I was like I was watching Hulk in his WWF prime, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was I was in, you know three and watch him yeah with Andre and Yeah, I mean I I was there like you know, I I want like uh the Bushwhackers, you know, um Jake the Snake Roberts, you know what I mean? Like those guys like I like Jake the Snake, I like the Bushwhackers, I like Brutus the Bar Beefcake, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, like uh the Ultimate Warrior. You know, I remember it, it was so big though that like I wasn't even into wrestling, and I'm pretty sure I had like a Hulk Hogan action figure yeah, guy. Probably, yeah, yeah, probably. Like, I think I had like yeah. a junkyard dog and a Hulk Hogan and yeah. and junkyard a Mr. Dog, T or yeah. something. Yeah, like I had yeah. a bunch of weird yeah. shit together. Um, so he ends up going back into wrestling. He calls superstar Billy Graham out of the blue and says, "Hey, can you get us work outside of Florida?" And uh, they go to Al. He gets them hooked up in Alabama. Um, they do the they do the set in Alabama for a while. Then they go to a different place down in Memphis, and it's really the first. I mean, this is like in '78, so him in Memphis, and this is before he was big. This was like before anything big was happening. He was making eight hundred dollars a week in Memphis, and that works. Fuck yeah, I mean, it does. In at that time, it's in the yeah. Holy that, shit! That's good like money. you're yeah. not getting rich, but that's a no, I mean, no. You got a nice, you got a nice apartment. Yeah. Um, hey, who, who's Billy Graham? What's a televangelist name? That's Billy Graham. Yeah. It, it's the actual televangelist. Well, no, no, this oh, is his name is. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what? A, what superstar Billy Graham is like a promoter wrestler. Okay. Like, I kept picturing that fucking televangelist. Real yeah. Quick and look at his fucking monstrous ass. How like, um, <laughs> just his ass. It's huge. Yeah. I, I was just thinking right now, like how fucking cool is it to get stuck with the nickname superstar Billy Graham? Right. You know what I mean? Like, like that's just like, that's your name. Yeah. Like yeah. even if it's not your real name, like Hulk Hogan's fucking Hulk Hogan. Right. And that's, you know, you're just like, Hey, we're going to brother, we're going to call up superstar Billy Graham and he's going to get us moved to Memphis. Dude, yeah, his bicep know? is retarded. It looks dude, like look the, him, dude. his bicep looks like the thing on Popeye when he would eat spinach and the thing would pop <laughs> up like It looks that. like a big, looks like a big Jason Statham with hair. It looks fake. Like, it's like, it's so <laughs> the peak of that bicep is so pronounced. It looks like a cartoon. That's ridiculous. So yeah, so Hogan, like Dusty Rhodes, who was really big persona, but had like the physique of me. Billy Graham is super close to Hulk Hogan though. You see it like, and then look, he finally, he shaved that, he shaved the skull off. This is what he would look like. He would look like a walrus. Uh, He shaved it. That foot looks mean though. He looks like fucking Bill Goldberg. But (laughs) Hogan never got as big as that motherfucker did. No, that's what's big. Well, I think there was, is that who he called in the, in, on the Stone Cold Steve Austin? He talked about calling him and saying he had 24 inch fucking biceps and he was bigger than him and shit. And he's like, fuck you are. And then he showed up all buff. Like he said, I'm bigger <laughs> yeah, than you right now. I'm bigger than you, bad. brother. And he yeah, said, well, yeah, he said he was bigger. He's like, the fuck you are. You're and he showed up and, he, and, and he was. <laughs> I don't know who he is, dude. That guy's a fucking monster. I kind of respect but, Billy Graham a little more though. Cause he fucking, he shaved his head. Yeah. He, he kept did. the, he kept the handlebars. Yep. yep. Like he's like, yeah, he's like fucking Hulk Hogan's fucking, yeah. He's, he still looks fucking mean. You not want to fuck with that guy. Look at him. Like he's old. Yeah, bike, no, old no, biker that's what I'm saying. Like fucking, got the mustache, fucking mustache is awesome. Yeah. So while he's in Memphis, he day, ends up doing dude. a local talk show and Lou Ferrigno comes on, who's currently doing the, incred- the old Incredible Hulk TV show. And he's the guy who played the Hulk. And the host on air commented that that's, 
Terry Bolia, who was six foot seven and weighed fucking 295 pounds, was actually way bigger than Lou Ferrigno, who played the Hulk. And yeah. was like, you should call yourself the Hulk. And he was like, well, maybe I will. And then from that point on, he started calling himself Terry the Hulk Boulder because he acted like he was one of the Boulder brothers in this particular – there were two Boulder brothers. Um, that sounds like a coffee brand. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah from the, Colorado. Boulder so Brothers Coffee. He took on as the third Boulder brother, and he was Terry hmm. the Hulk Boulder. Um, but then – so <laughs> Fucking terrible name. Yeah. So Jesus Christ. Terry Funk um, introduces him to Vince McMahon Sr., um, who – Granted, you know, he's nowhere near what Vince Jr. was, but he still ran one of the biggest, most professional territories yeah. in the United States. So if Vince Sr. called you up, you're going to be playing Madison Square Garden. You're going to yeah. be in New York City. That's kind of the big time. Yeah, it's the big yeah. stage. Yeah. Um, so he calls him up and says he wants to see him and gets him and says, I like it, but I want you to take on the last name Hogan. And I want you to dye your hair red because you're going to be Irish with the last name Hogan. And his response was, I'll be a blonde Irish. And he, so he took on the name. So he became Hulk Hogan because he wanted to keep the Hulk and Vince. Yeah. Senior and he sure talked. Hogan. Yeah. He sure talked Irish. Yeah. You're never going to get me pot of gold, brother. Yeah. That's what he is. <laughs> but you got to figure if that's the territory, it's like if there were no Irish wrestlers, and yeah. Boston is within your territory. It's like you're yeah. now Hogan. You're Irish. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, you're you're an American Irish, but everybody in half of that region is going to fucking cheer for you because you're Irish. You know. What yeah. I mean? Yep. Um, I was so, able to pull up a, a picture of Billy Graham on the live feed and put it up there. Oh, nice. I pulled that off. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So he uh, d- like his his first one of his first his first appearance was at Madison Square Garden. And he he beats Ted DiBiase, and again these are old school names. If you if you're into old school wrestling, these are fucking huge people. Ted DiBiase was huge back in the day. Um, and after the match, um, Ted and it, again it was like you. There was no overarching storyline. You just went out there, and this guy has all the heat. Ted DiBiase he he controls the politics backstage in the locker room, and this kid Hogan just showed up, and he lets um he lets him beat him which is a huge deal for hogan like ted dibiase just like he got to do his finish you know ted dibiase he puts him in a bear hug does all the shit he would normally do ends up letting him win on a fluke and then afterwards he thanks dibiase for putting him over and says i owe you one if there's any point in the future i can do anything let me know and then later on um when he came back as the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and he had no heat and no one remembered who he was. Hogan was at the top of his game and put him over and got him back into wrestling. And that's one thing that's cool about Hogan is um, if it's, if it's true and I don't have a reason to doubt it, but he like throughout the the interview with Austin, he kept saying like, it's my belief that if two of us go into the ring, there's no reason that both of us can't come out of the ring looking better and making more money. Let's put him over, like define that for me, because I I heard it used a couple different ways, and I'm feeling like I'm not understanding what that actually means. So putting putting someone over is is letting them letting them shine to the audience. Okay. So whether it's winning the match, whether it's 
I do some chicken shit thing to you. So I look like a coward and you look brave. So the audience is cheering for you instead of basically me. It, it made you look good. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. You look good. Because at the end of the day, like, like there's actually, there's a, there's a story that Jake, the snake <clears throat> Roberts, I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes. I was watching a video right before we started recording some YouTube thing called the Hannibal TV. And it was like 30 minutes of stories about Hulk Hogan and Jake the Snake Roberts, like an old right now, Jake the Snake Roberts was talking. And he said that that when Hogan was at his like the downward slope of his trajectory of fame, he did a match with him. And they had this whole thing set up where Jake the Snake was supposed to fucking do some chicken shit thing and do like a pile driver onto the concrete in the gym, like with Oof. the cameras on and the you know backstage. And then he would walk off. And then so he walked off and he walked over to Vince backstage and he was like, so what are we doing now? Why is everything still rolling? And he was like, because in about 30 seconds, the crowd's going to start chanting for Hogan. And oh, he gave him a DDT onto the cement. And he said, in about 30 seconds, the crowd's going to start chanting for Hogan. And then you two are going to run out into the ring and it's just going to be money. And he was like, "Okay, cool. So he starts getting all hyped up and about 30 seconds go by and everyone starts chanting DDT. DD ah. because because he fucking got over instead of Hogan. Yeah. And apparently it wasn't a televised match and they were like, well that didn't fucking work. So then the next night they went to a different city on their tour and they did the same exact thing and a whole fucking second crowd started chanting DDT. DDT. Everybody's everybody's just over Hogan. Yeah, like they exactly. they were trying to keep him going. Yeah. Right. And so and at the end of the day Vince was like, well we're not doing that on TV. Like Yeah. Like that's not happening because we've got millions of dollars invested in Hogan and we're keeping that machine going. Yeah. So well, you know, it's, it's, it, it's it, the, the higher these guys go, like in fame wise, you know, like Hulk Hogan was at the peak of his career. That motherfucker was up there. You know what I mean? He was famous and it, the same goes for a lot of people. I mean, look at fucking Britney Spears, you know what I mean? Look at, right. you know, these, these stars that were just mega stars and they just have a rock bottom. Like you've never fucking yeah, yeah, seen, yeah, yeah. you know, like that bottom is way worse than Shaved you ever head, can no have. Panties, kids yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, they're fucking, their rock bottom is way worse than yours. You know what I mean? Right. And farther to fall. Yeah. yeah that's what sure, I'm saying. Like their sure. shit, you're here and you just, you, you fall two stories. Right. You know, <laughs> right. These motherfuckers are falling out of an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so it's I mean, bad. part of the thing that like Hogan said, and he was like, I couldn't get anyone to to listen to me, but he was like, if I went and talked to to Rowdy Roddy Piper, and I was like, look, brother, you gotta you gotta like hit me in the head with a chair and do all this thing and make the audience hate you, um, and he was like, I'm not fucking doing that. Like, fuck you. Then you're gonna be the one that gets over. Like, I'm not doing that. And he's like, no, because like in six weeks then we build up this storyline. We sell out every single house between here and six weeks from now, because they all want to see what I do back to you. I -hmm. do something to you. You do it back to me. Like no one got it back there. Now that's just the way it works. Yeah. Well, they were all, they were trying to keep themselves looking good. Yeah. And he was like, no, I didn't want to make him look good good next week. And we both keep making more money. We develop our own characters. We become more badass in the long run, you know, and then we end up with some huge sold out Madison square garden match where Vince is going to pay us more money because we are the two reasons that everyone's coming. It's the hype, you know, building the hype. His goal was to make everybody look better and to make everybody make more money. He he said when he was at like the, at the top of his game. So um, 
But nobody trusted him because he right. was the one. Because nobody the top. trust. Well, no one trusted anyone. No, you know. That's so funny. he ends up doing a lot of stuff in Japan while he's also doing WWF, and he ends up learning a lot of like more technical wrestling because he's just kind of the big brawler. Um, but he learns a lot more holds and a lot more different stuff in Japan. Um, and uh, he ends up um, coming back. And I, I remember at about this era, I watched a match between him and the Iron Sheik. And it was just so fucking flawless, dude. They were both, they sold, they sold what they were doing better than anyone I can think of right now if I was watching a match. I would never see two people sell what they were doing as hard as the Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan were. The Iron Sheik puts him in the fucking camel clutch and the look on his face is that it's taking every ounce of energy in his soul to wrestle Hogan to the mat. And it's like, you just don't, you just don't see that. Like they don't, maybe that's too cheesy. Maybe it's too over the top or maybe no one has the skill set to pull it off. I don't realize how much they're communicating, like how much talking's probably going on oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Where he's like, all right, brother, I'm about to slam you right now, man. Take, yeah. it, take it easy, brother. Yeah. Take yeah, it the easy. funny thing is, it's so loud, they have to scream it to each other. Right. It's like, but you don't know what they're saying. Rope. It's like, yeah, but it, it just looks like they're talking shit. Hey, fuck yeah. you. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, yeah. Um, as long as they point, they point yeah. and look angry. He's like, all right, here comes the part where I bounce off the ropes and right. everybody's going to yeah. think I'm going to lose. Especially yeah, you're going to punch me in the face. Yeah. Like now they're mic'd so you can hear them, you know? Yeah. But so he goes and uh, Sylvester Stallone sees him and gets him to play Thunderlips in Rocky three. And he goes and films. Uh, and when he comes back, what's uh, behind that name? Why is that name so stupid? Is that like, cause he talks shit so much? Thunderlips? I can't remember. It's dude. a boxing it's a great name. name. What are you talking yeah. about? Thunderlips? Yeah. I don't know. That sounds like super queef. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that would be your character in right. in, in Rocky. Rocky Super Queef. Yeah. yeah, that's because Sylvester Stallone sucks. That's the name he came up with. It's Look how tiny he is. Can, can he's like five six? And yeah, Hogan's fucking bad, six yeah. seven, six eight. Yeah. yeah. But he gets Hogan's taller than Dave. Taller than Dave. Yeah, it's fucking tall. Well, he's lost about. Uh, I, I read he's. I read he's lost a few inches, oh, like sure three inches has. over the years. That's the weight in his so pubic well, mound. Get old, yeah. Fused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm already getting shorter. Like yeah. I used to be a little bit taller. You're sure a baller. Yeah, I used, I, I used to be a baller. Yeah, I wish I had yeah. a rabbit in a hat with a bat and six four Paula. But that's not what it's. You like wish every day was a Friday. A rabbit in a hat and a yeah. bat with a six four Paula. Yeah, something like that. No, what is it? <laughs> that's what I heard in my head just now. Tell me, what is it? I don't know it. I'm gonna look it up. A rabbit in a hat with a I wish bat. I had a rabbit a in a hat with a bat or some stupid shit like that. It's just some dumb lyrics like that. It's something stupid like that. It's like dumb lyrics. I'm telling you, he's just rhyming. Wish I had a girl with a phone. I would call her. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Keep talking, Dave. We're looking up lyrics. So I can't, I'm blind from my, the tears in my eyes. Okay. <laughs> he ends up uh, getting fired from WWF because Vince seniors pissed off at him because no one is allowed to do television or movies. You just wrestle for him. Um, I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six form Paula. That's the lines. Yeah, that is, that's, that's the line. That's not, not my fault. I didn't write that it. Change. That can't, it, it was, it. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish, I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl, a um, phone or a caller who looked good. I would call her. Um, I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six form pole. I've just been Mandela. You got, you got Mandela. I've been Mandela oblongated. Yeah. Wow. I went that's, a point tenth of a tier. No. I defeated Brad on, ra- super, on a rap. That's super white. <laughs> that's super white yeah. lyric. Yeah. 
Damn it. I tried. Um, so that's probably gets, why I don't know it. <laughs> that's right. He gets fired. He goes to Minneapolis, um, which is pretty much the second biggest spot in the, in the U S uh, to wrestle under a guy named Vern Gagne. And, um, he, again, just like the way he would cut his promos and, and do like the filming for, for the TV audiences. Cause again, the tape, they would literally have a guy who would drive a tape station to station like the fucking Pied Piper ahead of when they're going to do the show. And Hogan would record all these sessions for the TV um, tapes. And he would have his back to the camera and talk all this shit and talk about how gorgeous he was. And that if you wanted to see his face, you have to buy a ticket and come see me live. And he would never turn around. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. And uh, that's where he started working with Jesse, the body Ventura. Um, and Jesse basically taught Jesse, according to Hogan is the one who taught it. Jesse and Gagne taught him how to sell like every, like in the WWF, they were like, no, you're the big indestructible beefcake. You don't have, you don't get injured. You just fucking do it. You know? And they were like, no, fuck no. If you don't get injured, if you don't sell what you're doing, nobody gives a shit. So up until this point, that Hogan that we know that hulks up and rips his shirt off and plays to the crowd, like he didn't do any of that stuff. He knew it was important, but no one would let him do it. And he didn't quite know how to pull it off. So Jesse and Werner, uh, Vern Gagne teach him how to do it. And then he wrestles there for a couple of years, about four years. And then Vince Jr. takes over the WWF. He buys it from his father. And he basically looks at all the territories in America and says, who's the best person in America that I can get to headline what I'm trying to do? And it's Hulk Hogan. And they've never really met before. They might have met backstage or something, but they don't know each other. And they're not friends. Um, but he calls. And again, and we talk about it in the Vince McMahon uh, episode. Vince's plan is to just start taking over territories. Like that's yeah. his goal. Yeah, he's no, the Hitler of wrestling. Exactly. And no one has ever done it. It breaks every fucking rule. And it's dangerous as shit because yeah. they're going to send their entire stable of wrestlers to your ring to whoop your ass. Well, what's get- funny, what's funny, though, is that that it's it's an entertainment thing. It's it's for uh, entertainment only. You know what I mean? Like right. the, like the matches aren't real. But these motherfuckers go out backstage and they really get in fights and shit. They do, dude. Like there's real shit. I don't remember what year it was. It was before Rob signed on with WWF at the time. It wasn't WWE yet. And he was still with ECW. And um, ECW was doing a show in LA. And like the, the, I'm, Maybe I'm not supposed to be telling this story. I don't know. But there was like you a told the story. unnamed, unnamed. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah you a, told a story. There's I think. a crazy like three on three, six man tag team match. And like all of a sudden someone ran down to the ring and you're waiting for like a ring run in where they hit somebody with a chair or whatever. And they just run down to the ring and say something and run back out. And four out of the six dudes run out with them. And then two people keep the match going. And some L.A. territory everybody rolled up on the stadium in the middle of the fucking live pay-per-view and they're yeah. like what the fuck are you doing this is la ecw does not belong in la and everybody fucking went out back and had a fucking grudge match in the alley yeah well the fucking shit like that and that was in 
2000 or something. Yeah, it was. I, I picture it like, um, what's it, Ron fucking. Ron Burgundy. Uh, yeah, Ron Burgundy, like fucking <laughs> Channel Ocho. Like yeah. he's like, where'd you get the fucking trident? Yeah. Like just like random yeah. shit. I wonder the if back. they pull it off, if they could pull their move off in the middle of a fight. Like and they're in a real fight, but like there's opportunity. I could get it yeah, right now. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah, yeah you yeah, just exactly. fucking give so, somebody uh, their Pearl River plunge. So Vince's plan is to record better television than everybody else is doing, send the tape around to their territories, just like they're doing and then have the crew come in for one-night shows and then get the fuck out before they get their ass whooped. And if they can do that long enough, we're going to have more heat in your territory than you do, and I'm just going to buy you out because we're making more money than you are in your own territory. And he pulls it off. Like, Vince wins. Everybody else loses. Yeah, Like, even against Ted Turner, Vince wins. He loses. Um, But a big part of this is I need a superstar to help me sell it, and that's Hogan. But the other big part of it is Hogan is so good at wrestling that he makes those backstage storyline decisions that make it better than all the local territories. Yeah. Um, but well, he was uh, able, once he got with Vince McMahon Jr., he was able to take all the knowledge he accumulated from everywhere and just kind of, and he was able to use it. Sure. And that's where they just fucking marketing and scalability. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot better burgers than McDonald's and Burger King. For sure. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. For sure. Right. Exactly. But for sure. It's that they have better marketing and scalability and they made it happen. Yeah. And he called and, or uh, someone called for him and said, Vince wants to talk to you. And he was like, tell him to go fuck himself. And he's like, no, Vince jr. He just bought the company and he wants you to fly out to New York and meet with them. And he was like, if Vince wants to meet with me so bad, he can fly out to Minneapolis and talk to me. So Vince did. And then Hogan was like, Oh fuck. Well, I can't pick you up at the airport because if anybody sees the two of us together, we're both getting our asses whooped. They're going to break our legs. So his wife has to sneak to the airport to pick Vince up in disguise and bring him to Hogan's house. And they end up talking all night and drinking and hatching the grand plan of what they can do to make the WWF take off. And it does. And um, this is where they start talking about merch. He was like, yeah, well, if I come over, I'm going to keep selling T-shirts and making all the money. He was like, wait, what about T-shirts? So, which I can only imagine. I mean, he probably makes more money in merchandise than he does. Well, that's what it's about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean? That's what it's about. He's making as much money on tickets, ticket sales, as he has merchandise at the arena, you know? And like Brad said, the branding, man, the mustard and ketchup, that's all I think when I see yellow and red mm-hmm. like that. I don't know what People it is, are, but you yeah. can't argue with success. Like the motherfucker right. sold a shit ton. Yep. So they end up, um, he goes back and uh, starts doing uh, wrestling there. He, re- he takes the heavyweight title from the Sheik at Madison Square Garden and Gagne offered the Sheik $100,000 to break Hogan's leg live on TV at Madison Square Garden to Damn, stop. Damn, motherfuckers, are, to motherfuckers stop. are mad at him. Yeah, dude. Well, it's also going to stop at him. It's like everybody's watching. This is Vince's golden boy. Break his fucking leg live on television, and we stop that. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's like, it's already been done, brother. Like, I yeah, just exactly. come back. But and apparently the Sheik backstage, like before the match, told him, by the way, Gagne wanted to give me $100,000 to break your leg. But yeah. I don't. That's not the type of man it's basically like a wrestling hit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. They like, the they're not trying him. to kill him. But yeah, they, they put a fucking hit out on him. Take right. him out. Ruin his career. And then Gorilla Monsoon, fantastic old school announcer. Yeah. Uh, just on the fly when he won that uh, 
match against the Sheik screamed Hulkamania is here. And from that point on, it was Hulkamania. Yeah. And everybody was the Hulkamaniacs. And then his persona was just there. Right. And yeah. it's, it's a formula. It's like, it just happened. Yeah. yeah. He, he gets, he like is ahead for the first chunk of the match. He comes out strong and is winning. There's some turn and he starts to get his ass whooped. And then right before he gets defeated, right, the the opponent does their finishing move. He gets the power from the crowd. Yep, he gets the, and he does his fucking one, two, three finger shaking in the air. And uh, he yeah. hulks up and breaks whatever submission it is, you know, shakes off the, the dizzy fucking head blow that he just took or whatever. And then he points at the opponent and to to and then waves his finger no in their face, you know. And then uh, he punches him three times, gives him the Irish whip, a big boot to the face, and then he hits him with the leg drop, and he gets the pin. Devastating that, leg like drop. That, devastating. devastating. Leg drop. And it is a devastating. It's not just leg drop. a leg that drop. Was a it's devastating leg drop, dude. <laughs> and again, it's like the wrestling is fake, but it's like if that three hundred pound motherfucker decided to really do a leg drop on my throat, I'm dead. Leg drop's a weird fucking move, but I guess yeah. you come down like axe kick status on someone's fucking I mean, throat. It, it's wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? The people's elbow, you know, it's elbow drop that <laughs> took him out. You right. know what I mean? Like right. I, it's whatever. I mean, but when you're watching it, you know what you're watching. It's entertainment. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, little kids don't little kids think it's real, but that's a little kid. They're stupid. And that's at this point, a lot of following the demands yeah. fake at this point. Like you hear, you hear the old school wrestlers talking and they're like, People like, thought it was real. Like the wrestlers' wives thought it was real. <laughs> They're like, you know, like the storyline, they, they call it kayfabe, uh, and yeah. no one knows where the term came from, which is the idea that there's the fake persona. Yeah. You know, I'm Hulk Hogan. That's kayfabe. Like I'm really fucking Harry Bulimia or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think too, like, like uh, as I was growing up, you know, late eighties, early nineties, um, you know, into the mid nineties, uh, UFC started coming out, you know, you had these, yep. you had these, yep. uh, fight real fighting, um, contests and that's where, uh, you know, wrestling the, they, they started losing steam after that started happening because right. people started, you know, Oh, wrestling is fake. Like this is the real shit, you know? Um, which we watched both, you know right. what I mean? Like knowing, and I think, you know, I think like the, what they call the attitude era with the rock and stone cold and all that is the only thing that say an undertaker. Yeah. Like yeah that's yep. what saved yep. wrestling because yep, yeah, yep. this yep. is fake, but it's Kane, fucking awesome. Yeah. Kane, Chris Benoit, Sean yep. Michaels, you yep. know, all those guys, you know, like Owen Hart, you know, uh, whatever the other fuckhead of heart is, um, <laughs> you know, those guys Brett the Hitman. Yeah. That guy. Um, so at this point, at the as he's getting popular in Hulkamania and the Hulkster and Hulk Hogan, apparently Marvel Comics sues him. Yeah, and they obtain the trademark for Hulk Hogan, Hulkster, and Hulkamania for the next twenty years. And that's that seems crazy though, like uh, just because Hulk. Yeah. Like ah, uh, you come up with some intellectual property like that. Yeah, but Hulkamania it. and Hulkamaniac, like that shit's not. I mean, come on. It is from the Hulk, though. It was derived because he looked like he was like Lou Ferrigno, like ripping his fucking shirt off and shit. Like, that's where it came from. He literally got it from that. Probably proved in court, like, this term was not used before our character. Maybe. Yeah, but it was formed in a wrestling arena. Like, 
You know, so I mean, Hulk, Hulk was used. It's a fucking word. Yeah. I mean, that seems, I don't know. But he couldn't. That just seems like Marvel with, had, it seems like Marvel had more money. He had more, than, more money and better lawyers for sure. Yeah. He yeah. couldn't call himself incredible and he couldn't simply well, call of course himself not. Hulk. He had to be Hulk Hogan or the Hulkster. If he ever said, I'm the Hulk, then that was copyright infringement, which yeah. I can see that you're not the Hulk. No, but, you're not. You're Hulk Hogan. Hogan, right? Yeah, no. The the term Hulk etymology it says that it was Stan Lee and Jack Kirby came up yeah, with that fucking there you word. Go. <laughs> That's wow. <the> shit. <laughs> That's Most crazy, likely derived dude. from the word yeah. Hulk. Wow. Oh no, it says no Hulk word Hulk, a large person or yeah, thing. But it still say, credits yeah. Stanley first. That's funny That's when you look weird. it up. Yeah, no Hulk yeah, is a say, large Hulk's person. A word. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's I don't know. They just yeah. made it popular, I guess. It says Hulk, uh, Hulk definition: a heavy, clumsy ship. How to use Hulk in a sentence? I don't know. It existed first, but Stanley fucking owned it. Apparently, maybe he fucking was the first one to apply it to a person. Yeah, yeah. It was always an item, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess after it's a movie and it's a TV show or whatever, you know, like I guess you know, looking at trademarks and everything else, whatever. Fuck you, Stanley. So they Good got man. a they got a slice of all of his profit. They got ten percent. Um, there goes the t-shirt sales. Yeah, exactly, a ten percent of dealings under the name a hundred dollars per match that really broke the bank that's weird and 0.9 percent of rep- reportable gross merchandise revenue associated with the name hulk hogan hmm. for 20 years so now it's done but um hundred dollars a match is weird that was just yeah, more like that's i just want a little bit of it i just want a little yeah, bit yeah it's fucking right. give me that taste like fucking right, i'm gonna get exactly. you that shit's mine yeah. um so then the first WrestleMania comes up and it's like, you know, him and Mr. T versus Rowdy Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful. Um, they have no misters. idea what what's going to happen. Like Vince literally had to mortgage his house and put all of the money in promotion. Like everything that all of them had was on this event. And if it didn't do well on this new pay-per-view scheme and whatever, they were all fucked, but it did better than they expected. So they all made a shitload of money. Um, he ended up doing, I think the first eight WrestleManias he headlined something like that. WrestleMania three was the big famous one where he body slammed Andre the giant. And he even talks about that and says like Andre refused to ever talk about a match beforehand. He would just tell you what you're going to do as you were in the ring. And so he had no idea what was going to happen. And then in the middle of the match, Andre just screamed body slam me. And Hogan picked him up, body slammed him, did the leg drop, and Andre let him win. And how tall was Andre the Giant? That motherfucker was huge. He was bigger than Hulk Hogan. Way yeah. fucking bigger than Hulk Hogan. I think he was like seven two, Something some shit like, like that. that. He was yeah. pretty big. There's um, that that picture of him holding beers and shit. Yeah. Remember that? It's like fucking yeah. hidden in his hand. Oh, they look like dude, the eight ounce every, cans. Like everybody talks about how much he drank. Like they said that he would like come to dinner at your house and he would bring like three bottles of Crown Royal and he would Jesus. just drink them. He was six eleven. Jesus Christ. Build height seven foot four. He's six eleven and weighed five hundred pounds. Fuck. God damn brick house. That motherfucker was huge. So Hogan blows up um all through the eighties. He has a, a Saturday morning cartoon called Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. He's Saturday Night Live, like those old shitty 900 numbers where you paid per minute to hear dumb shit. He was the number one AT&T 900 number from 1991 to 1993, which had to make so much fucking money. Yeah, Wait, he was a 900 number. How for what? 
you'd fucking call one nine hundred Hogan and he'd be like, Hey there, brother, it's Hulk Hogan. Be sure you watch me this like I don't fucking know, dude. I never called those. Yeah, it was a, it was just a message. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't you didn't get to talk to him, it was a message. Yeah, what did it what did it say? What did he say when he when you called it, Dave? <laughs> no, he told me to eat my vitamins. There you go. See yeah. demand Drink your Ovaltine. Yep. Yep. So Have faith, um, believe in yourself, do your exercise. Another couple of stories in there. So he was actually really good friends with Macho Man. Um, and he said that Macho, like Macho Man, like if the phone ever rang, he said if the phone, if the phone ever rang at three in the morning, I knew someone died or Vince or Randy the Macho Man Savage were calling me to talk about a match. Like because they yeah. were just on it 24-7 and they were super good friends. And the cocaine. And the cocaine, yeah. Yeah. Especially with Macho Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in a match in France, there were no stairs <laughs> always sweating. And he reached down and grabbed Miss Elizabeth, who in character was Macho Man's wife and manager, but in real life was just his wife. And apparently Macho Man showed up with his wife at an audition and Vince came down and said, Hulk, come out here and look at this. What do you think of this guy? Can we make money off of him? And he said, if he brings his, if he brings her, we can. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the gimmick. Mm. He wasn't wrong. That was the gimmick. Like Miss Elizabeth and the Macho Man. Like that was yeah. the fucking it was perfection, you know? Yeah. Um and this is yeah. where he gets in trouble for grabbing her tits, right? Yeah, he grabbed her by the armpits to lift her up into the ring because there were no stairs. And apparently Macho Man fucking lost his shit and all he saw was him reaching down and grabbing her boobs. And apparently he started like fucking throwing like real heat on him in the ring. Jealous man. And, and fucking roided out and yeah, you know high strung in the first it's and like Hogan even said like that wasn't really an act like the way macho man acted. That was him off stage too, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he said, so he went back after the match and he went in to make a dramatic entrance and he was going to like slam the door open to get everybody's attention and then start talking shit to Macho Man. And he said the arena was this old falling apart piece of shit that was like all termite infested. So when he ran back and grabbed the door to like slam it open, the door came off in his hands. I thought it was pretty humble of him to admit that it was termite infested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was going to fall because off. I was like, figure, all the guys in the arena just saw Hogan tear the fucking door off. Like his Wreck-It Ralph and yeah. shit. Like, I would have rolled with that, probably. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I don't think he admitted it at the time. He just no. admitted now. You know? like, yeah, but, yeah, but I like that he wasn't, like, living in the glory days. Like, I could have thrown a football over the mountains over there, man. Yeah, like, yeah, he was yeah, just like, yeah. it was probably going to fall off anyway. It was an old right. door. <laughs> right. <laughs> man, anytime I think of Macho Man, I always think, I think I told the story on here, my buddy Jake. We were, I don't know, fucking junior high or high school or whatever. Is that the cucumber salad guy? No, no, no. That's a different guy. Yeah, this guy, yeah. Uh, he's still alive, though. Um, not well, that that's matters, good. but that was um, a random fact. I didn't kill him. He's still alive. Uh, he just moved out of town and nobody's seen him in a few years. Yeah, he's doing good. I heard he's in the Niagara Falls area. He's doing good. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he was doing, he was doing Macho Man. He was, was doing so the impression weird. and he was doing it for so long. He's like, brother. I forgot how to talk in my normal voice, brother. Like, <laughs> and he's doing the macho man. And I was like, what the, so anytime I think of macho man, I think of that fucking moment where he forgot how to talk normal yeah. and fucking, it was so funny. Cause he was afraid, like the look on his face, he was afraid that That's he forgot how to character. talk fucking normal. Yeah. I got stuck Hilarious. in a shitty Scottish accent after Braveheart. 
<laughs> I was doing improv comedy at the time, and it was just, I was just constantly doing Braveheart. Like I was doing fucking horrible Scottish accents twenty four hours a day, and I got I got stuck. I couldn't get out of it. I was like, <laughs> I don't even remember how to talk without being a bad Scotsman. Yeah, um, that's funny. So he go at that point. He ends up uh, going to NWO. Um, his contract runs out. The Hulkamania shine is starting to run off. And Ted Turner starts his other network. Uh, uh, the what was it called? I'm drawing a blank. WCW. WCW. And he joined. He creates the NWO with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, who are both fucking genetic freaks. Of they're so fucking mm-hmm. massive and terrifying. Um, Razor Ramon. What's that? Razor Ramon. Yeah. And he becomes Hollywood Hogan and he starts dressing in all black with black, yeah. ridiculous black razor stubble on his face. Yeah. With his it's like fake as shit. Yeah. Fake, no, it was just like a fucking makeup fake sponge shit. with yeah. bad black stipple on his face. <laughs> Terrible. Like sponge painted a beard. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. never saw it, Brent? No. Oh my God. Let me pull it up. So bad. Yeah. Um, it's, it's but terrible. perfect. Like it shouldn't have been better. <sighs> You know what I mean? I, I hate, yeah, it couldn't have been better. It's, yeah. it, it's just, I hate, I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not big on Hulk Hogan. Like, I mean, I understand, you know, the whole deal, but, uh, yeah. So, just, I don't know. Oh, point, I see right here. I got it. That's you it. See it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but with the mustache though. Oh, you right? still got the mustache. You got the mustache blonde. Yeah, yeah. The blonde mustache with the black beard. Dang, is that really yeah. him without a mustache right there though? Yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't have a mustache for a little while. That's a trip to see him without the mustache. So he, he still has a fake stubble, though. That is straight drawn on his face, though. That yeah. is your right, dude. It's like oh, yeah, some yeah. of them girls' eyebrows. It's, it's like airbrushed. Yeah. Yeah. He bounces back and forth between the two of them. He goes back to WWF uh, around 2000. He ends up uh, doing stuff in WrestleMania 30 in 2015, which is crazy. Um, currently, he's technically on the roster for WWE. Even though he doesn't really do anything, he's still listed as as one of their superstars because he hasn't signed with anybody else. But for a good chunk of time, from like 2000 to 2015 or something, he was bouncing around like a lot of wrestlers do. It's like some small startup is willing to pay him a shitload of money to be their big draw. And it's like, you're going to pay me as much as Vince would and I don't have to fucking travel. Like, let's do it, you know. Um, And then the big smear is that... And it made it sound like this was all one event, but I I want to say it was two. So a sex tape leaks of him having sex at the same time that another leak comes out where he's talking about the fact that his daughter was dating a black man. And he's like repeating. He, he repeatedly uses the word nigger talking about he's she's not going to date this and and all that stuff. And he I think he was just saying, Lou, he just kept saying Lou for Nigno over and over. Again. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he even <laughs> says that, that I am racist to a point in the videotape. Yeah. Uh, he thought he was safe. Cause he is a brother like right. the whole time. Yeah. But we're like, that's brother, <laughs> yeah. not brother. Yeah, that was, that was the problem. Things, yeah. So they, <clears throat> he gets fucking stomped for that. He gets fired from the WWF. Uh, yeah, he pull, got pulled Paul, out of the he, Hall well, of Fame. He got Paula Deen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Erased like, yeah. from their website. Gone, yeah, uh, Mattel yeah. stopped making his toys. Uh, toys R Us, Target, and Walmart quit selling anything that had Hulk Hogan on it. Um, then they released. They said that there was 
homophobic slurs that he used Mm. on the sex tape. And then he also said something. His son was in jail at the time and he used the the N word again. I I kind of want to see the sex tape. Like, what was he saying? Like he was banging his buddy. It was his buddy's wife. The fucking, what's his name? The love sponge Mm. fucking guy. Oh yeah. Bubba the love sponge. Yeah. Bubba the love sponge. That guy's wife. His best friend's wife. Yeah, is who that was. That's a sad time. That's why I said he—he's not falling from the second story. He's falling from an airplane, you know. But what, like, what? What? I'm trying to think. His sex talk. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm a faggot, but I'm fucking you. Like, what's he saying? You know what I mean? Like, what could he have possibly been saying? Had to be talk on the tape after the sex. Unless yeah. he's like all up in her talking about how worried he is about his son being in jail with a black cellmate. Like, yeah, if that's your idea of sex talk. Maybe he was being. Maybe he was pretending to be the black cellmate, and yeah. she was the and she was his son. son. Yeah, take this big black dick. Oh, weird. <laughs> that made me uncomfortable. Prince face. Oh, weird. <laughs> but that was that was way a little bit farther back. But he came back for WrestleMania 30 and all that stuff after the dust settled. Um, yeah, kind of kind of dog the bounty hunter, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. They're, they're from the same genetics for sure. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Dog the bounty hunter and Hulk Hogan are like oh, yeah, cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other side note is he fucked up. And when um, a company came to him and said, Hey, we want to launch a series of infomercials to do this little kitchen grill, um, yep. but we need to sign and, and start our promotion by this date. And Hogan blew it off and never got back to him. So they went and got George Foreman. I don't think the Foreman grill would be what it is if it was the Hogan grill, though. It'd been like the Hoagie Master or some shit. Like it would have been, know, it would have been different. Such perfect timing. Like it was. Everyone had cable. This was on every cable station all night long. Like it was going to sell no matter what, dude. Yeah, he probably made more money off the Foreman grill than he did on boxing. Oh, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, had all those yeah, Georges. Grill. Got yeah. fifteen kids named George. I kind of want to get an NWO Wolfpack t-shirt. I remember those. Oh, that'd be dope. Fucking, yeah. I think I'm going to give me one. So he um, got divorced at one point, and the side note, maybe more. Damn it. All the point. fans are fat. All the double XLs are gone. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Everything All else is open. <laughs> he apparently was informed that his wife was divorcing him by a reporter. <laughs> on, a, during on an interview. interview. <laughs> that's terrible that's awful dude so can i get a comment about your wife's uh divorcing you yeah. what what yeah she just filed said, yeah. papers today yeah he said uh i don't know you kind of caught me off guard brother yeah <laughs> is that what he said <laughs> yeah something to that effect yeah, yeah. he said i'm kind of <laughs> shocked you caught me off guard my wife's been in california for about three weeks holy smokes wow you just knocked the bottom out of me Oof. yeah that's rough um he also had the amazing television series Thunder in Paradise. Yes. In 1994. Hell Fuck. yeah. Shit, dude. I remember Fuck that Fuck Baywatch. Show. Fuck Hasselhoff. It was all yeah. about Thunder in Paradise, dude. Yeah. I never saw that. Kind of like I'm Miami seeing. Vice and on a boat. Giant boat. Yeah. Miami Vice was on a boat. No, not like nah, this. Not like no. this. Not like Thunder in Paradise boat, dude. Yeah. He was a good yeah. actor, though? Yeah. No. Oh, Terrible. Horrible. <laughs> God, no. Um, then oh, they wow. did the reality shows. I never saw these reality shows. 2005, they did Hogan Knows Best. Yeah, I watched some. Yeah, terrible. Was it 2008? There was a yeah. spinoff with his daughter. Um, yeah, Brooke uh, Hogan. His daughter tried to join the WWF 
in another reality show where you try to join the WWF, but she wasn't good enough to make the cut. So that kind of was fucked up. This shit looks uh, very like MacGyver A team, like filming era explosions. Like I'm watching the trailer oh, right 100%. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see I would have watched the shit out of this though. But where I, I do you think not. like the, where do you think like Tropic Thunder got, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, Exactly. That's yeah. that, that's where the thunder came from. Was this show probably? It wasn't competition for Baywatch. It was competition for Baywatch Nights. Yes. And I don't know if you remember Baywatch Nights. I don't know. I I, I, I watched Thunder in Paradise to get. I mean, it's terrible acting. It's TV acting, which all TV acting is pretty terrible. Um, but well, Bay, you know, Baywatch Nights was the second Baywatch series. <laughs> that um explored all of the um dark twisted and supernatural things that happened at the beach at night that Hasselhoff would stop <laughs> wow <laughs> that's real <laughs> yes. yes there was it, supernatural shit going on yes Only on baywatch night. though it's a mix oh, between baywatch. baywatch and baywatch nights weird yeah. yeah i never heard of that lasted for like 8 minutes yeah lasted probably as long as thunder in paradise did right. um but uh his health like he tells a crazy fucking story when he's talking to stone cold and stone cold's like you know you're older than i am and i'm fucked up so how fucked up are you and he's like you know oh i'm okay i've had fucking eight million back surgeries my spine is fused my knees are replaced i got new hips like fucking all this shit and he's like but the thing is like what kills me is the arthritis. You just can't shake the mm-hmm. arthritis. It's just constant pain all day long. He said even all the pain pills and CBD and shit, and like it never goes away. Yeah. It's constant. He feels it always. And I'm like, damn, dude. That's I, I'm not even back. as beat up as him. I feel like that right now. He must yeah. be in pain. That's what somebody like, they're like, oh, is your back all right? I'm like, fuck. It just always hurts. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes it hurts worse than others. Right, exactly. Like right now, it's just hurting normal hurt. The craziest like, thing ever was when I went and got that crazy injection of my knee because like, I know my knee bothers me. I know my knee hurts, but I'm just like, you don't think you could get that used to something though. And yeah. when they gave me the crazy injection, it was like lidocaine, tortol, and cortisone or something. Yeah. And they stuck it's this weird. giant needle on my knee and it made, it made everything like, he's like, now just bend it like it was WD-40 or something, right? Like you were fixing a hand. Yeah, lube it up. He's yeah. like, just keep moving your knee around. And I was like, God, my fucking, there's a spot like the size of a dime, like in the center of my fucking knee that is like excruciating right mm-hmm. now. It fucking hurts so bad. And he was like, it's not that it hurts so bad. It's that the rest of your knee doesn't hurt anymore. And that's what you're fucking, you're feeling that part of your knee mm-hmm. in comparison to the rest of the pain went away. I was like, so that's how bad my knee fucking hurt. He's like, probably. Yeah. That's what your knee felt like. You just didn't realize it until you had something to contrast it against yeah. because the rest of the pain went away. And like, finally that part went away too. And I was like, oh wow, my fucking knee feels good. Yeah. And I went and like climb temples in Mexico and shit. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm back to old and bad again. Like yeah. when I get off the couch, I gotta take like well, a, you're not you're not a three second stride. Yeah, like I'm not using a cane. I yeah. did have a cane. That's fucking Brent, crazy. Brent had a cane. His knee was so fucked up, man. But that bone on bone shit, though, man, it fucked. It That's fucking, what he said. My shit is bone on bone. That's what yeah. he said. I mean, mine. I have like my sciatica is so fucked up, and my back, my lower back, so fucked up. I was walking today, as a matter of fact, and my leg feels wonky yeah like i feel like i could fall at any moment like and it's not like that i'm weak it's just that fucking a nerve is getting pinched yeah every once in a while my knee does that thing where it's all whoop it just kind of like gives out and you kind of like swoop down a little bit a little drop in your step and you're like whoa Uh, i don't know apparently hogan was uh there the the new york yankees scouted him out of high school too and the cincinnati reds for a pitcher yeah 
but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder how he was probably okay. Yeah. If you'd have fucking hit the ball, it'd have been like Mark McGuire status. That motherfucker's giant, dude. He would have yeah. smashed it. Giant yet, though. I don't think he got yoked like not that at time. that point. Yeah. So, yeah, because if he was so big, they wouldn't have wanted him. Like that'd have been a joke. Right. One of the treatments that he he went for um, to get rid of the arthritis was stem cell treatment. And at the time, there weren't really very many places. There was no place in America, so you had to go to yeah. Guadalajara. You had to eat a baby. And he went down to Guadalajara. So apparently, you go to L.A. a clinic in L.A. where they they take your bone marrow and they spin the stem cells out of your own bone marrow, and then they ship it down to Guadalajara because it was illegal to get the injections in the United States because of all the, the George. W. That's weird. So they can make they can make the stem cells here. You can't inject right. it. Yeah, yeah, but you can't inject them. So you had to meet him in like this time slot. Like he had to fly down there and meet him within a special time period and be like, your stem cells are ready and there's a shelf life. So get down to Guadalajara. And what he didn't know is that the mixture is stabilized with something called DMS. And I'm not sure what that is. DMSO. Um, it, it makes like certain substances, like just permeate your skin. Like it makes it just be able to like go into your body. So like people use it for steroids, painkillers, drugs, all kinds of shit. So if you mix anything with DMSO and then put it on your body, it'll just fucking go into your bloodstream. Is that what's like on CBD or what? No, like, DMSO is like some serious shit. Uh, like you it? can't fuck with it. Yeah. Like he was the, uh, fucking what's the podcast he was on? Stone Cold. Stone Cold was talking about, uh, wrestlers would crush up aspirin, mix it with DMSO and then put their oh, hand. So in, it would just, yeah, they have to put their hand oh. in a Ziploc and yeah. then take the, dmso aspirin mixture and rub it on their fucking shoulder or something because it would just go straight into into the spot Where, like the aspirin uh, would okay. actually go directly in your fucking shoulder rather than diluted in your your bloodstream oh, it's for pets you can get it for pets <laughs> well it's nasty stuff though i think it's not so good 1-800 pet meds you can get it there you go so apparently uh hogan's like highly allergic and as soon as they injected him with the stem cells he like almost fucking died like he started oh, out with wow. heart attack he just fucking collapsed and he and then he said, and I didn't realize that realize this until right now, when he was talking to and you know Stone Cold was like, yeah, everybody used to do this with DMS. Like I'm sure you saw that. Like is that is that why you have an allergy to it? And he was like, no, brother, I've never used this stuff in my life. But to my knowledge, you only get an allergy as a reaction to something your body has already been exposed to. I'm sure. Yeah. He's, how did he know he was allergic to it? Because he said his wife saved his life because she told him he was allergic to it or some shit. He can't have been allergic to it if he was never exposed to it. You I don't, don't know about have, that. You don't like have an allergy fir- to something the first time your body has run into it. You, uh, I don't know. What about li- what about little kid that's allergic to peanuts? Yeah, I, I bet he fucking encountered peanuts. Mm. No, there's a first time though. The item in your life in order for your immune system to well, in order for you to know. I know my the first time the first time my son ate strawberries like he broke out in a rash, you know. I don't know. He's probably fine when he gets older. Actually, no, he's good now. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say a lot of little kids do that. I don't know, but I think he yeah he must have had it before to even know he knew he had an allergy. I think he just didn't know that DMSO was in that fucking uh, stuff. Maybe. It kept it from crystallizing. Yeah. So yeah, but then the I mean the only other stuff that I have on him is he ended up winning a hundred and fifteen million dollar lawsuit against Gawker. For publishing the sex tape and leaking the the horrible things he said, and then a, a gay billionaire backed it or something because they had a vendetta against Gawker. Oh, is that <laughs> what it was? Yeah, like the the person that secretly financed his case was ah fuck I have it somewhere in these notes but I don't know where it's at. Um, was it? Who was it? Chris Hemsworth. That's not true, actually. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Chris Hemsworth is playing him in the biopic. That's is he? Yeah, yeah. He is. He is. Um, no, I have some facts. Like he did over 200 uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation visits. Yeah, it like was he enough. was one yeah. of the most requested. Requested in the 80s. I think he's still still involved in it. Yeah, he probably is. He's probably still gets a lot of fucking requests. He's Hulk Hogan. But yeah, I'm, I am curious. To see little little Japanese kids now want to see him. I can't imagine how yoked fucking Chris Hemsworth's going to get to play Hulk Hogan. There's some pictures of it already. It's like oh, fucking crazy. Yeah, there's a picture of him flipping flipping a tire and his fucking army. Like Jesus Christ, dude. And that, that's okay. all. And it's. I realized it's really difficult to research wrestlers for you because you go down the rabbit hole for anyone because every single wiki every single article every single thing like isn't just this is what he did next and then in 1978 he went to this place and blah 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 it was like in 1978 he he played the role of mr miracle and on august 18th he had a match at the pontiac silver dome with Brutus the Barber Beefcake called the such and such and blah, blah, blah. And at the yeah. end, there was a turnaround where so-and-so ran. It's like every single match, every single fucking story arc, all of it <laughs> is recorded. And it's like, oh, my God, I don't need to know any of those things. Well, for example, like we always say, like the first go to would be like check Wikipedia and see if there's anything on this person. And that kind of gives you a good gauge as to can we do this as a topic? Is there going to be enough info? And Frank has 16 pages with like references. Hulk Hogan had 60 something pages yeah. with yes, reference. Like, exactly Jesus Christ. Right. You're talking about Anne Frank. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that shit's boring. The problem is down. That's why we got to make it fun. The information to be able to, you know, because you just got, she's need a, she's need a bigger diary and she would have had a bigger wiki. Yeah. True. It was only 60 pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> diary meant for me. That's Hulk Hogan. Like he, like, again, I mean, I loved him as a kid and, like, you know, the whole fucking NWO thing, like, I wasn't into any of that once he, you know, but I mean, again, like, you look at these, when I when I was re-watching old matches to do research, and I was looking at shit from, like, the late 70s, early, mid-80s, amazing, like, just fucking amazing, you know, but once you cut to, you have to realize, like, oh, fuck, well, he was wrestling in 2000, like, Jesus Christ, that's 30 years later, and he's still doing this shit, like, so that's quite quite an arc. Yeah, for sure. All right. Social media winner. So uh, episode 542, Brian Wells, the pizza bomber, um, at Bronco Radio um, on Twitter, is going to win a t-shirt for retweeting our twat. Thank you for doing that. Um, It's huge when you share on social media. Um, It's super helpful to us because the algorithms out there are tricky and they're against us. They're way against us now after the Alex Jones and the Sandy hooks and all the things mm-hmm. that have happened. You know, we got a virus. Hard. They try to take us down, try to take us down, try to take us down. Guess what? They you did can't take us down that easy. Hey, China. Sh- well, this is not real wood. That doesn't no, it's count. It's not real. Right no. here. I got, I I got the, you got it. All right. Got the ring side born right yeah. there. Someone tried to take us down. I think so. There was viruses everywhere. Yes. We got to fix it. We got everything back up. Uh, but thank you for sharing on social media, uh, Bronco radio. Um, when you guys do that, you know, a lot of the people that follow you are probably like-minded. And so if you're into what we're talking about, then your friends probably are too. And so that's huge when you share or something Unless like you're that. like me and nobody yeah. likes what you like. No. no one's punching babies. No. 
Um, also, um, we are part of the uh, Podbelly Podcast Network. You can go to podbelly.com and check out cool podcasts like RRBG, that's the Rock and Roll Beer Guy, and a Gen X Point of View. It's my buddy Jason Roscom, a.k.a. used to be um, All Things Star Wars Podcast, and they started doing something new. But that's over there at podbelly.com. Back, back in the day when we first started, he had a magic podcast. You did have a yeah. MTG something. something. Yeah, MTG. Something. something. It was a magic podcast, yeah. yeah. I think that still hundreds of episodes that are probably still relevant for mm-hmm. that. I think it's probably still oh, live. Probably, yeah. He also had Project VCR that mm-hmm. also had hundreds of. Mm-hmm. So he's he's an experienced podcaster. They just yeah. shift gears sometimes. So he's covered movies and he covered magic. Mm-hmm. And now they're doing a Gen X point of view. So go you, check that you out. Do what you're interested in. Yeah. Go check that out at podbelly.com. Um, also, El Yucateco Hot Sauce is our primary sponsor. You can get it at the grocery store, at the little Mexican meat markets. If you see it in the wild, take a picture of it and go over to El Yucateco and tell them that so podcast mm-hmm. um brought you there so um but don't go fucking spam the shit out of them with just hashtag suffocating podcast say something of value go over there and say you know king of flavor love your sauce green's my favorite something mm-hmm. put something of value over there mm-hmm. we kind of like fucking have overdone it i think with all the different podcasts from Podbelly are attacking you know it's like <laughs> oh well, the robots for ice sent me or oh el yucateco yeah, yeah. you know or uh ectoplasm sent me go over there and say something i mean you can hashtag so if you can podcast but it would be um more beneficial to us and them if you did say something genuine yeah. if you made a comment of some yeah. sort that you actually like the sauce um and then thank you to everyone that went out and uh, entered that uh contest that el yucateco had uh, it looks like right away like we had winners like i think both rounds last year we everyone won fucking fire pits and yeah ice chests and all kinds of cool stuff so um, they definitely give back and we appreciate them thank you so much um, also thank you to print dirt cheap go to print um, and get printed goods stickers and whatnot you can use code sofa king podcast mm-hmm. to save some money when you do that um, also thank you to jimmy d's tees go to jimmy d's tons of people bought those shirts starting to see them all posted on yeah. social media yeah. cool shirts and i think ours are on the way um, they're lost in the covid and christmas mail hmm. uh, but we've right got on. some coming for us and uh, but thank you for posting that stuff for jimmy thank you for supporting jimmy because he supports us and that's great. Um, also, um, check out SKR Apparel. That's S U I K E R Apparel.com. Check out RetroVague.com if you're into 80s stuff. Um, go check it out and check out Mindframe Podcast. Mm-hmm. Check out Brewing the 99 mm-hmm. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Mindframe had a special Christmas episode. Um, if you're caught up, it's cool to listen to it, but if you're not caught up, it's probably fucking weird. Yeah, um, but yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a book. You got to start from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And then also, so. um, you guys asked if we could have Dave read uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and mm. we knocked that out, and that is done, and it's it's brilliant. If mm. Dave does say so himself. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. He, even he was I was going to say for, uh, for Jimmy D's tease, I mean, he's so kind. Uh, Axel, Anaya. Um, um, Had to have a special shirt yeah, made for Qu- shoulders. Yeah, Quidado, uh Cone Man. <laughs> uh, he had a special shirt made. Um, that actually, you know, normally shirts are kind of square, you know, right. this thing's more it's like a clan hat with, out. With a yeah, ne- yeah, with a neck exactly, hole. exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, but still had the Sofa King podcast, you know, stuff on it. So he was gracious enough to do that and he hand sewed it himself. Yeah. Yeah. Sancho Poncho. So whatever you they, need. They call it the Sancho Poncho. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then also I wanted to, uh, mention the, um, in January 14th and I mentioned it last week, uh, there's going to be a, uh, kind of an overlanding trip uh, that I'm going on. Brent was going to try to go, but unfortunately, I'm working on not being homeless. Yeah. So he's trying to, you know, so that's understandable. A lot of other people are just pussies um, that, that aren't going. But other than that, um, there's a few people I know are going 
And uh, saw so someone bought plane tickets and rented a jeep. Did you see that? I don't. I don't know. There's yeah, some someone weird, in the group. Yeah. I can't. I apologize because I can't. I've told people right to go and rent a jeep, and I thought that'd be funny. Yeah, she's, but she's people are really to, doing. She's it. looking to partner up with. Them, okay, I know who she, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, she rented yeah. a jeep and got plane tickets or some yeah, shit. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. So, uh, really cool. Uh, we're gonna meet up. We're gonna go to the Death Valley. We're gonna travel around, and uh, we're gonna camp for a few nights. And we're gonna see sights and shit in buckets, eat beef jerky. Yeah, it's be a blast. You know, or you don't have to shit in a bucket. You can you can shit in the dirt. You, you know? can shit in your hand but, and uh, throw it's it. It's gonna be a real real camping trip. Real, uh, it's moving and seeing sights. And I've never seen. I mean, I don't live too far from Death Valley. Uh, I've never seen it, and I've I mean I've seen pictures of it, and there's some really cool shit there. Uh, so I'm pretty excited to go and um, you know just go camp and hang out and have fun. So. It should be pretty cool. And that's going to be on the 14th of January through the 17th. So uh, if you can make it, um, look up Skolt Camping Trip or Overlanding Trip, uh, Jonathan Prem uh, on Facebook, and he can get you the info. Uh, it's gonna, it's all mapped out. Uh, he's very big on safety. And um, so it should be pretty fun, uh, a cool trip. And I'm excited. Me and my wife are going. And it's going to be, uh, I think we're going to have fun regardless. So. You know, whether it's just us or, you know, a few other people should be pretty fun. So that's it. Everything good there? Yep. Sculpt member of the month. Uh, these are the final shout outs for Sculpt member of the month. And it is Ashley Taylor. Yep. So she did get gypped this month because we didn't put out shows last week. We had some issues. Um, it was Christmas. Uh, schedules weren't lining up. But that's all right. You know, sometimes you need to Get what to you deserve. And yeah. That's all you deserve, yeah. Ashley. So yeah, well, yeah, kind of a half-assed, uh, half-assed sculpt member of the month. Do better, and maybe we won't miss a week. That's right. You know? half that's Ashley. Right. Half Ashley, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. I'll we'll start saying that now. Yeah. yeah, all these all these shows are half Ashley. You don't get to pick your nickname, but Dave does. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, but anyway, uh, she was she was picked for sculpt member of the month, and like I said, she's uh, she's been a fan of the show, and also. Um, a fan of she likes she likes little arms. It was a thing. Right. She she enjoys CeeLo, huge CeeLo fan. Huge CeeLo fan. Uh, she really especially enjoys people with small arms holding cats. It's <laughs> right. a weird fetish. Um, but you look on something. YouTube. It's a thing, though. Yeah, it is a thing. There's so. so many people on the planet that there's enough for everyone yeah. to have a little group yeah. like that. Little arms. Mm -hmm. You could be. You could have a. And the bigger the body, like the bigger the body, the smaller the arms. Right. That's that's a saying. She you know says. Right. Bigger the body, bigger the body, smaller the arm. That's what she says. What? She says it just like that. I don't know why. <laughs> I have no idea why. She's that is weird. weird. Yeah, she's yeah. weird. She has a weird fetish. It's weird. She says that, <laughs> but um, you know. So yeah, check that out. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Can we just say something stupid and then blame it on Ashley and we can get away with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smaller the arm. What smaller. the fuck? Bigger the body, smaller the arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. Okay. Anyway, thank you, Ashley. Um, you know, we'll have one more shout out in another show after this. And thank and, you to uh, everyone that's given us whiskey. Yeah, uh, we have a, a We've a had queue. a scheduling problem and we queue. don't drink when we're not all here. Um, so there is quite a queue over there. There's Marley and Bless Parker you. and oh, a queue. <laughs> a queue. Yeah, Marley Woby and Parker Krause and fucking who's all over there? Zed. I can't uh, think of your last David name. David right now. Yeah, I should flip them around the next show and I can shout some of them out. But we got like fucking. I mind fucked Brent because. There's six bottles over there. He I pulled got, a magic trick. <laughs> it was crazy. 
<laughs> like I literally just put all the labels on these bottles and set them there in queue so that we would know that they were there and what order they went in. And I was just fucking down here. I saw Brad walking. He ate Jack in the Box. He had like a Ziploc bag in his hand and nothing else. And I came down here to meet him. I followed him downstairs basically. And I went over to show him the whiskey queue and there was a new bottle sitting there. And I was like, what in the fuck? And Brad's like, yeah, I put that there. I was like, did you pull it out of your fucking ass? <laughs> like where the fuck did this bottle come from? So there's a bottle from... David Canchero. David Canchero. Yeah. This time it's not fucking plum juice. No, yeah. it's not plum juice. Yeah, fancy, yeah, that was, huh? Fancy plum juice. Yeah, it's over there. The purple yeah. cap. It's got the little sideways Fresh Prince right. cap on That's it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they all Canchero's. They are characters, you mm -hmm. know. So. Are they going on your camping trip? Uh, I think John and David are. They're yeah. planning to. Yeah. So I know John is. So um, yeah, it'll be cool. Fun times. Fun times. So it's not my camping trip. It's Jonathan, right. Jonathan Prem's uh, True. setting it up gracious enough to set it up so it's a lot of planning man it's it's a he has a website fucking, dedicated to it yeah it's it there's a lot of fucking planning so it's really cool um but anyway uh, if you're on reddit go to r forward slash sofa king podcast and join the conversation there facebook instagram and twitter we are at sofa king podcast uh also on instagram our personal instagrams i'm at raised with wolves we have sofa king brent sofa king dave also check out el underscore hot sauce jimmy d's teas and pod belly go on there and uh just give them some likes, follow, make sure you're following. And, um, you know, that really helps out. So, uh, patreon.com black slash Sofa King podcast sports show. And the Spotify playlist is, uh, you can search Sofa King podcast 2020. That'll almost be 2021. Um, at the end of these episodes and that's pretty much it. Ready for the new COVID. Ready for the new COVID. COVID 2020. No, it's COVID 20. Cause they found it this year. No, true. So, um, don't be returned. Spend my life in the hood, never seen nothing different Everybody tell me, nigga, get the money in the bitches Hit the show and grab a blunt let the liquor fill your liver Preach your promise, better days, I'm thinking, nigga, how you figure All my family still broke On welfare, talk about having better living, but it's hell here Trying to dodge a block in the cops, and it's so rare The enemies is bust shots, got them all scared Trying to find a way up, cause I know down I'm just trying to be the first to make it from my hometown Got a couple likes and everybody think I'm on now Finally find a way, but they all looking for the now slow down. I ain't fucking with you if it wasn't from the get go. I'm talking Montel Jordan's snotty nose in the Crisco. Lately you my dog, but you're wacky like a bitch. Don't down in Nintendo, but you better not. Try to make it up to it like I know. Make sure the family good like I know. Finna put my city on like I know. Real ones that didn't make a lot of condo. To think that I don't want to whip with some rims 26 in a way to feed my family with a pocket full of chips. I ain't dumb, I know life is just a gamble. What the lime like? Cause I'm tired of lighting candles. I'm only watching over, say some lessons at this grave. I'm trying to put this kid to college, cause it ain't no other way. It got me thinking about the day they took my mama's son away. I should have fucking blacked out and went and really copped the cake. Let the motherfucker spray. How they family all blacked out? Gang signs whacked out. How you want to act now? Anybody tripping, you can get it, cause I'm strapped now. Spend my life in prison, but at least I laid their ass down. But come to find out that I'm finna be a father Side of life is growing, doctor said it's finna be a daughter Trying to break the cycle, finally take my people father Anger turn to motivation, got me really working harder Trying, trying to make, make it out the hood like I know Make sure the family good like I know Finna put my city on like I know Real ones that didn't make a lot of condo
city going like that, no Real ones that get 